Oh my gosh, it's Hotline League episode 136, guys. Playoffs has been insane. We're just coming off of four straight days of crazy and wild moments. Every series more epic than the last. And I am here to talk to you about it with noted Poom hater Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? Ah, it's great. Fresh off a big old Twitter controversy last night. You know, I love him. Happy, happy to have another one on my hands. I just, you're constantly picking fights with people, all right? You're just a bully. When I think yeah. of loudmouth, angry, whiny, League of Legends personalities who just want to argue with everybody, I think Mark Zimmerman, uh, first and foremost, out of all of them. That's true. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> great. Great. Thanks for that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, how quickly do you want to launch into this? You want a preamble? You want to, like. Well, first off, we got to shout out Alienware. So thank you to Alienware. We're going to talk more about them uh, as the show goes on. However, you, I mean, it's been, it's, there has been a lot. So I guess let's, let's just first talk about everything that's happened so far. Uh, yeah. I think there's more important things to talk about. Like first teams eliminated uh, from the playoffs. First, first teams had... eliminated, which were the seventh and eighth place teams. Congratulations, Shocker. everyone. New playoffs format, proving itself to glad, glad we extended out to eight. You I mean, never know. We did it for four. I mean, the double, I think you need to have it for double elimination, but it is very funny that it's like, cool. We spent four days eliminating the seventh and eighth place teams. It's, uh, that feels good. Yeah. I I mean, I'm fine with giving them, you know, extra seeds, whatever, you know, they weren't great series. They're both uh, three O's in the lower bracket, but I mean, I, I would rather them have a shot than not, you know, the same reason people are like, Oh, best of threes are great. You know, like, well, best of fives for more teams are good, too. You yeah. know, because otherwise the players on Dig and, and 100 Thieves aren't playing a best of five. And, you know, Boom doesn't get experience, for example. Right. But so, I mean, like, I do. I do think this like uh, it's it continues to show me that our talent pool is about enough to support maybe 10 teams. <laughs> and we've got and like you only really need six of them in playoffs. I feel like well, it's OK. Is... But. I was going to say, it dep- like, depends also what you mean by it. Because, like, the, the top academy teams seem to be competitive with bottom to mid-tier LCS teams. But at least in terms of teams with real world's insp- uh, imp- not inspirations, aspirations. There we yes. go. That's the one. So. Yeah, like, maybe five at most. You know, like, there's usually, like, a couple of shoe-ins, a couple who are on the cusp. Like, last week it was, like, C- is it CLG, TSM, or... Or clutch, and then it was ended up being clutch. And TL and C9 were obvious, right? Like that. It feels like that's always going to happen. It feels like it again. TL C9 are obvious. Is it FlyQuest? Is it TSM? Or is it Golden Guardians? You know, like I feel like we get around five teams that have real chances. Yeah. Well, regardless. Also, uh, there's the the TSM upset, which is yes, I think no, no, the, no, that's, that's the, big the biggest so, news. Yeah. So that that's definitely the biggest news. Um, I do think Hundred Thieves. Blanking out the way they did, I think, is also a big conversation. From the, I think those are, for me, the two biggest stories coming out of this weekend. Are there any other big stories that I'm missing from, like, the four days of playoffs? No. I mean, EG really. losing in their series against FlyQuest is not, like... That went about the way I would predict. You know, I would have given FlyQuest a bit of an edge. Um, yeah, I, I would have thought it would have been even more FlyQuest-favored. I'm surprised you think that, that 100 Thieves... I mean, you said it a couple times now. It's such a story. Oh, All Pro came out. Holy shit. Totally forgot about that. Oh, yes. All Pro came out. Well, I was talking specifically about the four days of, of games. But, yeah, All Pro came out. Uh, that's interesting. I, I think Solo was uh, a lot of people. I, 
I just want to say I had Solo on mine, and the majority of the Reddit thread was all saying that he got snubbed, and I didn't my, snub him. My 13 didn't make it. I, I had Hanser on my 13. Yeah. Well, Hanser was good, too. It was, a, it was tough. Actually, this was a tough uh, all-pro. Maybe the, the toughest that I've voted in in quite some time. I felt like there were a lot of positions that were pretty competitive. Yeah, the... um. I said I tweeted this, but I actually had a different first pro in every position from a different team. I had C9, TL, TSM, Fly, and EG, or excuse me, Golden Guardians, all represented in the first pro. So like, that was something I don't think I've ever had before, where five different people yeah. from different ones ones are there. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely hard. There were snubs all over the place, um, and I think there were a lot of good people to vote for. So it was it was going to be a doozy. So, somewhat of my own doing, but I do think, and I see that people talking about this in Twitch chat, the Jensen narrative <laughs> that has spawned Jensen versus TSM fans. I don't even think it's Jensen versus TSM, although I think a lot of people are trying to construe it that way. It doesn't, you know, from the interview I did with him, it's not like he was going after Bjerg or uh, TSM. It's just like, I, I mean, you and I, I think last week on the show, talked about how, or maybe two weeks ago, I guess, because of that that the TSMTL match was supposed to probably prove who was the best team in North America at that time. And I, I mean, I think I was giving TL a bit of an edge in it, but it, I did not expect it to be so one-sided. Obviously then you see them lose to Golden Guardians. So I think, you know, if, if it is true that TSM was overhyped, I think I was part of that. Maybe you and some of the other analysts and, and Jensen saying that is, um, it did seem like it came out to be true. I mean, I don't have any problem saying when, like, yep, that was probably not right. I mean, I'll get into it with when we talk about the Golden Guardians TSM series because I think I was a fucking coward with my prediction, if I'm being honest. Uh, but we'll we'll cover that later. I think, okay. uh, yeah, I mean, the Jensen thing too. It was like that. Plus, then he replied to Demonte on Twitter. So I think for the people who were trying to blow it up and make a to Azale, a thing, I think, right? Well, he replied to Azale, who was replying to Demonte. No, no, Demonte tweeted something where it was Azale saying something in a, a video. Yeah, the ch the chain was Demonte saying the, th the thing. Azale replied to defend his point, and Jensen replied to Azale saying like, "Oh, I thought Jensen being critical of the analysis." Demonte, no. I, no, I think you're wrong. I'm going to double check it. Well, how much you? I must bet? be right. Uh, I'll bet you a game fuel. I'll bet you a game fuel. Okay. But, God, bet... Demonte tweets so much. Yeah. <clears throat> well, this is from this is from uh, Twitch chat is gonna. Ah, shit, you're right. Yep. Thank God. Oh, uh, man. God. We're starting off the podcast great. Were you, were you, worried? Great. Were you right worried? No, I was not <laughs> worried at all because I saw that, that chain a ton. Yeah, I didn't look at it that closely. I, yeah. I mean, those are the kinds of things I don't really care about. I think player... Oh, I think... oh okay. So you, d you did care about it enough to call it out, and now you don't care about it now that you're wrong. No, I, I was saying... Oh, I was just trying to make you wrong. I don't, I don't care about... Jensen's part. I care about you being wrong, but I was wrong. Oh. So ha, ha, ha. I meant that like that thing happened right after the the t the interview you did. So I think people who were trying to like blow it up had a lot of fuel to work with. You know. Yeah. I mean, Jensen uh, does seem salty uh, with the amount of like praise that TSM gets. Like that, I think is undisputed in my opinion. Even the tone, like I, if you watch the interview with me, and I'm not being necessarily critical of of Jensen in this way. It's just like. Like whether or not you can argue whether or not he should be or shouldn't be salty, which is what I've seen Reddit do a ton of, and maybe that's something we'll talk about on the show. 
but you can see in the interview I do with him, my reaction, I've kind of taken it back because it, it does seem like he, he was more, uh, strongly worded or more aggressive with the take than I was expecting. And so it's like, he does that. And then you saw him fall up on social media and stuff. And so I don't know. It's, it's just, dis- by the way, it is really disappointing to see some people like, then rather than arguing with Jensen's point or something, they start making personal attacks against Jensen, which is really yeah shitty, but I don't know. I, mean, I think it's, I, I like it by the way, because thank God, rarely do we ever have anything interesting happen in this league between well, players or anybody. So that's what I was about to say is I think because when players tweet back at analysts and influencers and stuff like that, uh, where they, they call them out or disagree yeah. because it doesn't happen so rarely when it does, it blows up and makes it a big deal. And I'd rather be in a world where like people are just more down to communicate in general. And so like, Hey, I think you're wrong. Fuck you. Like not fuck you, but you know, like I'd, I would rather more people doing what Jensen's doing or like DeMonte when he's memeing us, you know, like, yes, I like that stuff. And I'd rather have that than everyone just, you know, not talking yes. and nothing interesting happening. I think, it's it's hard to do though because obviously as you can see these things blow up the Jensen thing blew up the thing with Poom blew up so I mean what's really interesting to me about the thing like uh, I think Jensen was frustrated that people were underrating TL and I he even said that I think in an interview that I did with him before and it did seem like TL had a bit of a chip on their shoulder about that yeah which I think, was uh, Brock had a similar attitude yes, at, at some point which was so like the thing that perplexed me a lot was that my lack of confidence in TL was born entirely out of one, what seemed like shaky games, but two, like the thing that really shook my confidence was an interview with Jensen after they won a game. This was probably like three Jensen interviews ago where he just was, he was like, I don't... C9. Yeah. He was like, we would have lost for yes, sure. Yes. Yes. And I was, and it wasn't just that we would, he was saying it was a little lost. He was like, he just seemed shook. He was like, I don't know what's going on. So that his lack of confidence in TL at that time made me lack lack confidence, and so then at the end of this this interview with Jensen, I was like, I'm kind of I'm kind of confused where this is coming from. You seem upset that people weren't very confident in your team, but you didn't seem confident in it the last yeah, time I with, talked. Yeah, with Broxa when he was like, I'm not happy we're playing so slow, and yes. so that we were all like, maybe it's a style choice, and he's yeah. like, we want to be more aggressive. And we're like, okay, it's not a style choice. Yes. They just struggle with playmaking, and yeah. so like. As well as the fact that the start of the split, I mean, I was sus on a lot. Like, I didn't believe in TSM or CLG right away either when they were both 4-2. and two. Yeah. The same way I didn't believe in TL. Like, I was pretty skeptical of all those teams. And I hung on to EG and FlyQuest longer than I should have. But FlyQuest was still good. They were just using MASH. So that was right. a bit of a punk yeah. anyway. Well, they, I mean, they were good. But also, I mean, they put in MASH because Turtle was underperforming. And then it seemed to, like, shake him awake, right? Because then right. yeah, yeah. he I'm started doing saying... really well. Right. I didn't mean to say that the, the MASH benching had, had no value. Right. Or, uh, the turtle benching just meant that like that was not indicative of what the team's true strength was going to be anyways yeah. okay um, so there's that there's all pro um i'm trying to think if there's anything else recently um uh maybe maybe that's it twitch chat am i forgetting anything any big moments i was out of town we i guess we didn't do our normal like little spiel How, how's your week been mark I mean, I think we've done plenty of, of vamp or a good amount of vamping, and there's more coming oh, too. CLG parted uh, ways with Weldon. I don't think we talked about that on the last show, did we? I think we did, because that was tweeted immediately after Sunday's games, or maybe it was on Monday morning. But that that came out last last week. I remember. Oh yeah, you're right. We did. 
I'm losing my mind. Yeah, I was out of town. Uh, I did a quarantine getaway, which was nice. I got a little sunburned by the pool. And yeah, yep. here I am. And here yep. you are. Here I am. Let's. Should we talk about 100T? Let's talk about it. You want to start with your thing or you want to do my thing first? I think we do. People are more interested in what I have to say. Your thing. <laughs> well, no, no, I've got an interesting take. But, but because <laughs> yeah, sure yours is on the, yes. So you tweeted, can I, can I tell the story? Go for the story. Okay, so you tweeted, and I I saw this and didn't really think too much about it, but you tweeted Poo Gang, a playoff of Poom Gang, and uh, and you tweeted his scoreline, which was not good across those three. And then um, Kelsey Moser, who I retweeted, not thinking, and I, I, maybe she's in the tra- chat, I think, so maybe she's going to explain but I, she re, she tweeted something like, "Hey, you shouldn't shit on people if you or shit on rookies if you want to have any rookies, etc." Based and and when they've had like a bad scoreline on a on a day, and I my impression was not that she was calling you because I thought you you made your comment, but I thought it was more like just everybody kind of dogpiling, um, right? I don't know if she was specifically calling you out. Well, so she's in Twitch chat right now. She said she hadn't seen my tweet when she made hers. And a, a bunch of coaches were tweeting similar things. Like, I think Golden Glue tweeted something. I think uh, Papa tweeted something as well. And I've had a couple people tell me, like, oh, yeah, I wasn't talking about – like, it wasn't a subtweet at me. Yeah. Um, and that because that's because the community started hard flaming, whereas I think your tweet – your tweet looks bad within the context. So the way – because Mark and I talked about this very briefly last night – and I described it kind of as like littering, I and and that I think Mark, you know, not a really big deal. I mean, you shouldn't litter, but Mark dro- dropping something <laughs> or something falling out of his pocket, not that big of a deal. But whenever it's like, hey, you know, there's all this garbage all over the city. You need to be, you know, then it suddenly looks worse if Mark is littering. So that's I think what happened there, where like your tweet probably not that bad in isolation, but when it became one of the prominent things in a a large social campaign impromptu to shit on poom and ryoma i feel like that was when things i think it's also just like you know i'm i'm probably one of the more notable people who said something negative about poom so of course it's easiest to connect the two dots with me either way like you know i i obviously have a lot of thoughts on it uh starting with what my thought process was in making the tweet like <laughs> I think Empire Chat saying conclusion. No one reads Mark's tweets. Yeah, All the other because Papa Smithy here. said I hadn't seen Mark's tweet. Everybody in the chat is saying like <laughs> I hadn't seen Mark's tweet. Whatever they they reacted, they were all reacting. Yeah. So it's just funny that uh, nobody, nobody actually. Anyways, gave... <laughs> okay. Anyways, I have a really immature sense of humor. Like obviously, uh, yes. and that joke to me was that this like the same energy that I was going for with like crumbs, dumbs, caps, craps. He has poo in his name. It was a bad series. That's literally the only level I'm thinking at, you know? Yeah. Like, I am not, like, God, I, I, I hate Poom. I think he sucks. There's plenty of video evidence all over the broadcast. Anytime I talk about Poom, even when I'm being critical of him, I'm like, hey, he's really young. Playing from behind can be very difficult in a competitive setting, especially as support. You know, like, these are things he needs to improve on in the future, yada, yada, yada. But he's really young. He's had a meteoric rise, and it's really, it's like, great. I also have a lot of evidence, like, when Insanity got subbed in and when the Dignitas change were happening. Like, I was all for people giving younger North American talent a shot. So like, I think there's enough evidence to realize that like, I am not, or I, I would hope people don't think that I'm the one that's gatekeeping North American talent or anything. Good um, you, Mark. 
Because, like, yeah, they, like, Poom definitely got too much shit. And so, like, the thing is, I have no problem apologizing if I contributed to that, which I'm sure I did because I saw people afterwards, you know, linking my tweet and stuff and, like, the arguments were using my tweet as as fodder. And, like, regardless of what my intention is, hoping that it's just a stupid poop joke with wordplay because he has the word poo in his name, you know, like... Yes, I get my... it. You don't need to keep reiterating that his name yeah. is Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying, you like... You said that three times, my... three different ways. All right, great. If that's my intention, like, it doesn't matter because it's once it leaves your mouth as a public figure, it's about how people interpret it. Right. So because it bothered people, you know, I have no problem apologizing and saying, sorry, you know, I'm not trying to contribute to any hate that he's getting. And if it is, that's my bad. So, yes. like, some people are like, you shouldn't have had to apologize. And I'm like, well... I'm apologizing if I've made his life more difficult because that's the last right. thing I was I was trying to do there. Um, <laughs> and so like we talked we 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 talked a little bit in DMs straight a couple of messages and I don't think either of us are like too bent out of shape about it. It feels like something that got blown out of proportion by people who are just looking to start shit or you know just fired off tweets. I mean I don't really care why why it happened. It's not it's not a huge deal to me. I uh, I will say. Just a quick little rant, and we've kind of talked about this before in the show, but like shoots right now on Twitch chat says, I hate how in normal sports you can criticize people, but in esports, people are so sensitive. First off, traditional sports, not normal sports. Secondly, <laughs> we don't play abnormal sports, okay? We play different type um, esports. Strange sports versus <laughs> regular sports. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a strange gamer. <laughs> strange sporter uh <laughs> anyway uh okay so i do not think that saying that hey people are dicks to pros in traditional sports means that we should be allowed to be dicks to pros in esports the situations are not the same these people are oftentimes much younger they are oftentimes not they haven't been part of a system that has prepared them for criticism slowly over time in a lot of cases, there are people who have, <clears throat> you know, not, I don't want to play the stereotype, but there are some people who are like socially awkward nerds who played video games a lot and suddenly they're being thrust into the limelight is a bit of a different situation than most sports athletes. And they are way more in touch with social media. And like it, the situations are not the same. And even then in, in traditional sports players, you know, get frustrated and, and yes. say things bad. And like, so that's fucking... my final point. Even yeah. if you ignore all the facts that, like, these are different situations, you know, rather than just being like, it's in traditional sports. This, people should just learn to deal with it. Like, okay, just because people are dicks in traditional sports, does that mean we have to decide that's how esports needs to be? Like, congratulations, you're an asshole. By the way, I'm not saying we're going to be able... Because then people always then extrapolate out to this and they're like, Travis, you can't stop it, all right? That's just the way it's always going to be. Sure, guess what? People are going to get murdered sometimes in real life. That doesn't mean you don't try to stop people from murdering other people. It's, yeah, slippery slope argument one Yeah, yeah, it's this weird thing where it's like, oh, well, people are assholes. They're always going to be assholes, so, like, it's fine if it exists. I'm like, no, it's not fine. We should actively try to avoid being assholes to each other, especially with the world as, like, negative and shitty as it is. So, yeah. anyway, that's my take there. The, the other thing I'll throw on here, too, is, like, people were started going after, like, oh, this isn't what your job is or what you should be doing uh, in terms of, like, the tweet. Like, this isn't analysis or criticism, and, and it's like, you're right. It's a joke, and I don't think League 
community figures, analysts or otherwise, can only tweet serious stuff. Like, yeah. it was a bad joke, and it obviously bothered people. So I can take be like, yeah, that was a bad joke, but that doesn't mean that it was you know supposed to be any sort of analysis or anything. And like, if you look at my tweets from the past couple of days, they are chock full of things just as stupid or immature <laughs> as that. Like, if you, you don't watch me or follow my Twitter, like it is full of stupid jokes. Like I had a Game of Thrones joke making fun of Dignitas's draft. I asked if people smelled upsetty spaghetti, and then when Dignitas started losing, I said, "Nope, that's just their corpse." You know, like I, I said, FBI made Doublelift look like the DMV. You know, like I'm I'm always making stupid jokes. That's a, a much better one, by the way. That was a pretty clever one. If I'm going to tune, they're both okay. So Bro like, oh, go ahead. I was just saying, like this is a hundred percent in line with what I said. It was probably just more problematic given the series that just ended the fact he was already getting hate and all these other things which i can acknowledge make it a bad joke but i yeah. don't think like tonally it's at, it's like oh my god you're such a dickhead and i'm like what Ro ropo man in chat and we should we'll get to callers on this if people feel strong actually i know a lot of people feel strongly on this but i i ropo man is doing a thing that i see some people do which is it's always this kind of like they want to justify the ability for people to be assholes to pro players so they work backwards under like really false pretenses so Ropo Man says they are getting paid a ridiculous amount of money to play and get criticized. No, that's actually not true. They're getting paid a ridiculous amount of money, not always, by the way, but often to play. It's not like Papa Smithy comes in and goes, hey, man, you are an amazing player and you're also just a tank for other people's shitty feelings. <laughs> We're going to hire you now. It's about 50-50. Uh, but half your salary we're equating to your performance in game. The other half is the ability Twitter for to Twitter just, actions through. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> it's that's we're paying you for the mental anguish you will be taking um, from people. I, just, I think it's always so funny when people say that shit. Yeah, people talk about punching up versus punching down as well. I totally agree. You know, like that's something I didn't take enough into consideration because uh, when Puma and I were talking a little bit, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but he was you know talking about like you know he is new. You know, yeah. the amount of hate threads and hate that he has gotten relative to even myself, let's say, or other pro players. He's just, it's its like the first time someone tells you to kill yourself in your DMs is probably, I, don't, I can't remember the first time it happened to me, but like you, you, you do build, like skin doesn't start thick a lot of the yeah. time. Like you build up to it through like realizing that the controversies go away. Like at this point, I know people hate me, you know, let's say because of what I tweeted last night. I know in two weeks, it's not going to be a huge deal. Um, people might bring it up, but for the most part, people have moved on, you know, like, yeah. The first time that happens, you're so like you're paranoid and freaked out. Um, and so like, you know, for a young guy who's in his first scene, that was his first split. It just ended. You know, he he didn't have a great series. I think he knows that and stuff. Like, it's not the same situation. Like you're saying about punching up versus punching down. Double lift. Like when I make a joke about double lift or something, you know, like I'm gonna make people the butt of my jokes sometimes. But that doesn't mean that you can do that unilaterally across the scene and that's something that I, I i totally admit that i was not thinking enough about so yeah uh okay so we need to get in calls but the other thing i want to prime really quickly if, if anybody wants to talk about this i'd love to talk about this um and I, mark i'd love to get your take on this i was really surprised and i know papa smithy's in the twitch chat so i'm just gonna look right now because it's awkward i'm talking about him i was really surprised because nade shot tweeted uh where is it uh disappointed Disappoint. to say the least uh, John Robinson, uh, these are these are the two people that run 100 Thieves, obviously. John Robinson, COO and president, says, like, such a disappointing year, a lot of work if we're to contend in 2020. And sorry to all our fans in GG's to EG today. 
This is what's weird to me, Mark. Like, I'm still I... here. What's that? Are you still here? I'm still here. Yeah, okay. I just was angling my fan on me more. I'm Great. sweating my... Uh, what's weird to me is... I... I feel like 100T going into this year was... Their expectations were not worlds. At the start of the year. And it, um, maybe Papa Smithy's on the Twitch chat yelling at me. I'm ignoring. But, like, that, that was sort of... It was like, hey, we're going to, like build slowly over time gradually we're going to be this development team that ends up like getting to worlds like it's not that's not our goal for right now and maybe their goal was higher than what they placed but like i'm surprised that people are so disappointed with the team's placing given sort of the the plan of action for this year you know am i crazy in thinking that oh you're muted Sorry, I muted when I was getting up, I guess, or something. Uh, no, Papa's been, I think, pretty clear about um, having pretty measured expectations. Uh, I know when they had the better spring split than they... Th I think they, they finished spring better than they thought they would. And then in summer, when they made the roster changes, Papa said something, and I'm going to put some words in his mouth here, but something along the lines of, like, we don't think we can reach worlds with this roster anymore, like we thought we did after our spring finish, and so we're making changes, you know? So, yeah. like... I don't think it was like worlds or bust, but I do think that they began to believe a little bit more after spring. Yeah. I think this is what's interesting is I, <sighs> okay. So I will always remember, and I don't know, he's, he's going to listen to this at some point in time. Hopefully he doesn't get angry with me, but Hunter, when he first formed golden guardians, they built that like all NA roster. And obviously golden guardians performed really poorly in the first year, but like, the plan was, okay, we're going to slowly build over time. That's kind of like what the Golden State Warriors have done, I guess, in NBA, right? And that before they started having their dynasty. And it's just like, that's a great thing to say until you start losing a ton and you feel like shit and you feel like winning is super important and you have to go out and do it. Like, it's like, wait, we're not the top of the league. We feel like Garbo or whatever. And so it's just, it's interesting because it's like, I assume... I mean, I don't know what the conversations were like between Papa Smithy and, and 100 Thieves leadership, but I was just surprised to see so much disappointment from them when, like, hey, you built, like, a, a lineup of, like, new players and, and you brought over some people that, like, had not played in North America before and, like, these are the results that you ended up getting. Uh, like... I don't I don't think it's that shocking, right? Like they went from being one of the highest paying orgs salary wise to like not in that vicinity anymore. So I don't know. It's just it's interesting. I think anytime you regress though, it feels bad. Like um so, you know, doing worse in summer than spring and needing roster changes is always gonna feel bad. Yeah. So uh, yeah. All right. Anyway, let we should we should grab some uh yeah, I there's a lot of people that have big ass takes this time and a lot of it is centered on the poom thing and honestly i don't i don't know how much i want to keep talking about it because i, I mean think one that, or two calls i think is not terrible like if yeah, you I don't, have one I don't call mind. on either side of it i think that's fine but, but um, i would like i would like something a little bit like I'm, I'm looking for a more intelligent take than like you know mark did nothing wrong players grow thicker skin or the other one the other side is like North American talent needs chances and can't get flamed and, you know, that that kind of... Like, those are the two I see a lot. And I don't necessarily... Okay, I move somebody... Anything. I move somebody... You found one you like? Yeah, yeah, But it's definitely, like, a more positive one. 
I think we should uh we should when also When you say positive you mean for like who? a pro a a pro rookie like a Nate I don't know. I I don't know what his stance is. You didn't describe it at all. It's it's not a like Mark did nothing wrong take. It's the opposite. Okay. Sure. I don't it's not like they're hard flaming you, but you get the point. Yeah, you know, I don't okay. care. I'm um, looking for other ones. Do you want me to grab him while I look for more people? No, you can you can grab a couple more people. I'll just I'll read out some some subs. Thank you to Procidian for the Prime Naked Homeless Man for 31 months. Uh, I don't know if it's Ian Pasta or Land Pasta. Eat Monster, thank you for the Prime. Also, shout out by the way to. Uh... Oh, here, let me grab it. Um, minor note. Uh, people are saying a lot like this team's the best team or whatever, but I, I, I think I'd, I'd like the team discussion to be more oriented on the actual series than just saying TL's yeah. the best. Because uh, that's not going to be anything new to say than what you could have said last year. Yeah, I think, week. I mean, obviously, I'm, I hopeful, I'm hopeful that people talk about like the TSM Golden Guardians thing because I think that's interesting. Um, by the way, yeah. uh, shout out to FlyQuest. I don't know if you got this, Mark, but they sent. Oh, they, I got a shirt. I didn't open they it. They hand delivered, it's a jersey. And yeah, I tend to turn down jerseys, but they offered me this, and it's like their cool new playoffs jersey with the Sequest stuff on it. You can't really see that well because it's. But uh, and then they added like a they did a custom TGI, Champion of the Reef. I don't think I'm a Champion of the Reef, but I appreciate them saying that. And then, um, also it was like a team swag week for me, I guess. This 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 is why Travis always does softball interviews because he can get all the swag from everybody. Uh, TL sent me some stuff, including a blue. Have you seen this yet, Mark? I think it's kind of cute. It's kind of cute. I think I think it's great. Anyway, I think it's I think it's I think it's okay. It's still down there. I mean, I think I think it's good. Got a little vest on. I'm not a stuffed animal kind of TL logo. I mean, I'm not normally either. What do you um, mean your room is full of them? If you turn that camera around, that's all you're gonna see. Yeah. <laughs> well, that and the pillows, the body pillows. <laughs> yeah, all your anime wife who bought Yes, pillows. exactly. But I can only if you turn them the other way. There's, there's a lot you can't put that on Twitch. One side is safe for Twitch; the other side is not. Uh, anyway, let's let's maybe grab some people. I got a couple people. Uh, you want me to start? I think you pulled Vienna first, right? That was the the one that you pulled. You want to just do that now? Uh, we don't we don't have to. We can do that. But, I don't remember the order I pulled. Off Marco. So who do you want? I don't just you. I don't normally manage this. You go figure it out. You pulled the person. That's why I asked. Mark, you're making too big of a deal of this. Please, thank you. Uh, Neon Puddles, thank you for the 23 months. Max Wibble, thank you for the one month. Nar Nardia, Nardis, thank you for the prime. Uh, the High Ground, thank you for the nine months. Neon Puddles over almost at two or Neon Puddles almost at two years. Uh, 45 minutes, no calls. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. I mean, Mark got himself into some, uh, some salty stuff. So, um, I feel like that was, that was good. Also, sometimes people say they like the part where we talk more. Our dads are fighting. Yeah, we always fight on the show. Spiritus, welcome to the show. Spiritus, where are you calling from? Laramie, Wyoming. Laramie, Wyoming. I'm going to look that up right now. Uh, Is that where, like Jeremy? Is, there aren't that many people that live in Wyoming, right? No, like I, there aren't even six hundred thousand. I think. Wow. So what? Somewhere around five fifty, I think total. Yeah. In the entire state. Entire state. Yeah, there's Wyoming is like super underpopulated. It's crazy. 
what the fuck? Well, How much just land out there? <laughs> Can I like with a it, quarter? It's pretty cheap if you go for the flat stuff. Like I think where you can't dig a well. It's either Wyoming or Montana that Kelby's already talked about retiring and just owning like a giant house out there. And, I want know. a ranch. I don't know. Spiritus, what do you want to talk about on the show? Hey, so I um, wanted to say I think that Golden Guardians picking up DeMonte was the best roster move of the split um, for a couple of reasons. But mostly, uh, I think in the short term, like obviously this has been well talked about, not exactly hot take here, but he synergizes well with um, Closer and does a lot of team playing and whatnot. But another thing is that I think what's overlooked in what was overlooked in the off season last season is how much improvement he showed throughout the summer split um, when they made that miracle run to actually land a world spot. And to like look past that guy for spring was extremely tragic to me just because I think he has shown so much ability to grow and play around the team and do what they need him to do. Um, so I, there was a lot of talk about like Hooney and Double Lift and people like that moving around. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to make some the strongest arguments about the double if change right now, but yeah, know, I mean, Zeus, yeah, Zeus in the chat says obviously the best was dropping double if, and I mean you went from ninth to first, so it's a that's that is a that's a bigger differential than the golden. Or was it situation. picking up tactical? Yeah, well, they already. I mean, I guess I didn't really count the tactical one quite as much because he was already on the team and already started a couple sure. games. But I, you could make the argument like, yeah, like. Yeah, I was like, just I was just the best one. Like, I understand that angle, but I just think that, like, for a long term investment, it's like really hard to beat Demonte just because, like, what about he's, he's got the right mindset? You know, he also brings brand, though. I like, you know, the whole discussion's been had on the show before about brand versus like just skill potential, you know, but um, he's got it all, in my opinion. Okay, so I. I'm also very curious about the mash move to bring him in and reset Wild Turtle and turn him into what was a, a very good ADC on the other side. I'll and give it to whoever ends up making worlds. Between Golden Guardians and... and between the DeMonte move and the, the temporary mash or uh, turtle benching. Well, I do think DeMonte is a better move in a sense because you did pick him up. Um, and it seems to have worked out pretty well. Yeah, I mean, like a player acquisition. I I didn't I didn't get too wordy because I didn't want to put a really wordy take in the Discord. But no, um, I know what you mean. Actual yeah, like yeah. roster pickup, not right. like temporary. Yeah, not just here. subbing someone in or out. Right. It's not like we're talking. Oh, Dardock was huge. You got them into playoffs. I mean, right. He was. Yeah. I mean, actually, he was picked up by Dig, so technically that one would count. I guess. I mean, it's, it's super yeah, interesting to me that. Dignitas did not go with DeMonte. That's so wild. Like, they tried yeah, DeMonte against Phoenix and against Dragon, right? And yeah. then they decided he's our third best mid laner and sent him off to Golden Guardians. It's... Yeah, like, I feel like Hooney loses games more than he wins them. Uh, that's just an emotional, like, kind of or psychological impression I've gotten. I haven't, like, looked at the stats for it. But, I mean, that's not to say every game he's in, he either wins or loses it for them. I mean, I definitely think there are ones where he just kind of holds the course. But, I mean, he has 
when you think of a player as a liability or like a raw carry potential, it's, I think it's weighted unfavorably for that particular yeah, player. Yeah. So I also was shocked when they got rid of DeMonte when it's like, dude, like this guy is on the up and up. Like Hooney was already known to be a great player, but we watched DeMonte just grow and grow and grow last summer. And yet, boom, there he goes. It's like he was on the trajectory to be like, you know, in my opinion, like a top two mid or a top three mid potentially. Um, but then yeah. he didn't get the opportunity to play in spring, which sucks. Cause then he had to kind of start over. I feel like at the beginning of this split, like easing back into it and ramping back up. But I think he has done it tremendously well and his stats aren't flashy or anything, but I think that's just cause he's always playing what the team needs him to play. Like we've seen him pop off in carries or, or well, here, let's, and be supportive or let, whatever they need. Let's get into the, the actual, uh, meat of the, the take then Mark. I mean, do you think, you you said you'd give it to FlyQuest or, or GG, but do you think DeMonte is the best move of this year? I think so. Well, of the year, I don't know. Oh, between I, spring and summer? Yeah, but between the two splits, for sure. I think um, he he's worked better with the team. Uh, I think part of it was the team just improving as well. I mean, you have to remember in between spring and summer, also there was like the Keith experiment, then who he came in and had to establish synergy with FBI. And there was a bunch of other things at play going on there. Um, it wasn't just just DeMonte coming in, but I think he's kind of what the team needed. Um, and, you know, they needed a good native mid laner. DeMonte is the most recent native mid laner to make worlds, if people didn't know that. Um, you know, Pope didn't make it last year. Uh, I think you can make the argument that he is the best native mid laner. And if you have a great jungler and a great AD that are imports, which they do, then he's exactly what you need. And you know, he's definitely, he's no slouch. Like no one's, no one like craps on DeMonte in, in North America as much as we might put people higher, like POE and this, like, you know, there's a bunch of people who are higher in, in the, like the mid lane, all pro voting, but none of them like hard, like abuse DeMonte. He's not a liability in any, any way. He's never gotten exposed. DeMonte exposed. Yeah. The most you could say is like his champ pool. It sometimes can be somewhat like, not even hit or miss, just like there's some chance that he's clearly better on. Yeah. Not I that, mean, he went up like... against MVP contender Bjergsen in that series, and I don't think it was ever a situation where it's like, wow, Bjergsen just pummeling. DeMonte's DeMonte. holding him back. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah, not, exactly. not at all. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And like at the beginning of the year, like there was, I remember there was a conversation. I don't remember if it was on this show or the dive or somewhere else where like, I think it might have been this show where it was like, someone was complaining about not getting picked up on a roster, then like there was the at the moment look at like, well, is, you know, people are saying, well, you know, we think that, you know, oh, Damante was actually on the show, I think actually when we discussed this. And he was like, well, you know, clearly people think that like Froggen and Golden Glue and the other ones are just better than him and more deserving of the spot at the moment. And to me, it's like, well, yeah, but trajectory isn't being taken into account here. Like, do you think that's like an underrated factor, or am I like, am I crazy here? Like that he was getting really good really fast. I I mean, I don't I don't know about trajectory. I think people do try and take that into account, but I don't think I don't think anybody was saying Demonte is getting really good really fast. I feel like that's what people were saying about Blabber, for instance. 
I mean, um, I think people respected DeMonte, though, you know? So, like, I don't know what happened with Diggs' decision-making, you know, with, like, getting rid of Vulcan and re-upping on Hooney, not DeMonte. You know, like, all that was a big question mark for me, so I can't really comment on why that happened at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I, I mean, I'm I'm a little biased on this just because I, I love that DeMonte's in the league and Same. it makes my job easier, and he's just... He he is what I wish we had more of in this league, which is, you know, younger to or sorry, new newer to somewhat newer player who is got a good positive attitude, does well enough, is a nor- native North American. Like I don't know, I'm a I'm a big Demonte fan. I think Mark and I both both are. So, and as much as we're fans of any team or any player or team, I guess. So, I don't know. It's, it's hard to disagree with you, Spiritus. Yeah. Yeah, sorry it wasn't the hottest take then, I guess. But no, no, no. I think it's good. I mean, I think look after for a player who was not on a, on a team in spring, I think this guy and and got rejected for two mid laners who didn't even make it um, out of the first round of playoffs. I think it's didn't even make playoffs, right? Well, I was talking about take. Oh well, one of them didn't make playoffs. Right, right. I, but you get what I meant. That team yeah, yeah, yeah. decided. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spiritus, yeah, yeah, yeah. any shout-outs or anything you want to say before we move on to the next car? Um, loving my Alienware laptop that I picked up. Um, it's an M15 R2. Um, freaking solid. I had another laptop that was like similarly sparked, but it was having like driver issues and things like that. And Dell just has like the best customer support and whatnot. So I was like, I'm just going to switch, even though I don't need to upgrade from a hardware perspective. Um, so really glad I did that. And shout out to Reaper, who I called in like two years ago, said he was the best coach in NA. And now everyone like universally seems to agree. So there's right. that too. Thanks well, for having me on, guys. Have Keep a good one. Job. He pulled you it too. down with the 599,999 other people in your state. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, you want to sneak one more in before the, the break? Because we only have one call. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Off Mark goes. The Despair Bearer, thank you for the seven months. Zokage, thank you for the Prime. OPTSM fan gifted a sub to Vienna. The High Ground for the Tier 2. Oh, wow. I'm sorry I missed that. I, I might have said it earlier and then, and then missed it. Uh, but thank you to everybody who is... Subbing. We're back. We're we're underwater on the subs right now. Vienna is here. Vienna, where are you calling from? I have to cancel the show. Uh, I'm calling from Ontario, Canada. <laughs> Ontario, Canada. What do you want to talk about on the show? Um. So we kind of had like a small conversation already uh, on Holly League so far today. So, and I felt bad because I wasn't sure if you guys wanted to do this take or not. Because uh, I have a lot of people have spoken about it uh, on Twitter already. But uh, my take's pretty simple. Um, I think that we're like stunting our growth as a region with the extensive expectations that we place on short-term results for LCS, um, especially expectations placed on newer players. Um, the community, like, I feel like there's a really big hypocrisy of them being frustrated by recycled players, uh, like using them over old talent, or sorry, new talent, um, but they're not willing to accept the negative results that would potentially come with, you know, fostering talent themselves. Um, People are always like, why are we so focused on old LCS players and recycling them? And I think it's like two reasons. One of the biggest thing is that first, it's a safe option, right? Like you have an idea of how they're going to perform in the LCS, the expectations of what their skill level is at. 
Um, but also, we also have an expectation of how the community will feel and react to them as players. So like the branding is already something you can understand and expect, like with Doublelift and Biofrost and everything like that. So it's important that we understand that like negative press is a big part in, in that, right? Like you promoting a new player, you don't know how the community is going to react to that. And LCS is an entertainment industry at heart. And I don't think like public outrage um, influences any coach's opinion of their personal skill. But I think that it affects like the organizations, organizations like opinions on is this player actually good for us? Like we're getting really bad press about like the moves we're making and we're like getting discouraged and like they're forced to make decisions that they don't believe in to like please the league community. And I think that's like really hurting us overall. So a couple different things there reminded me of two things. One is uh, Kelsey, the tweet that she made that was not in response to yours, but seemed like it was in response to yours, Mark. A lot of people were saying, oh, so you're telling me that teams make decisions based off of of community sentiment and uh that also reminded me of when sneaky i feel like had was it sneaky who was it i, I think it was sneaky who was saying oh it was high several years ago High was felt as though he lost like his his players on his team or his his teammates lost faith in him because the community started to become really critical of him and they would go read the reddit threads and that that shaped like a, a basically like a, a starting to, to become like a lack of trust in him because there was so much negative sentiment towards him. So I think that's a really interesting conversation to have is like. Yeah, there's there's two parts to it. One, which is about, you know, there's hypocrisy, right, of wanting new players, but then trashing them. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one is that the influence that that would have on teams. Right. Um, like because because so, there were a lot of people. So. So I saw several tweets at Papa Smithy, who was somewhat defending Poom or was talking about the Poom situation and, and saying, like basically asking people not to be shitty to him. And somebody replied and was like, this definitely uh, is covering up the fact that you decided to run Ryoma for two splits consecutively despite his disappointing spring start. And, you know, like they were really critical of Papa Smithy's decision to run Ryoma for two splits in a row. Whereas I think I I didn't see it, but people were talking about how Grabs on one of the co streams was saying, "Well, you definitely run Ryoma second split because if you are you like giving a rookie or new talent only one split to succeed in is kind of foolish. If like why pick him up in the first place if you're only going to give him such short time? So I I, don't know, I thought that was all pretty interesting. Yeah, and I think there's always this weird dichotomy between being critical of a player and in their performance and being critical of that player and like they're not deserving, but like, you know, they're having their spot. So like they should be benched. Cause like I was critical of Poom's play uh, in those weeks, you know, against uh, the, the two, the two I remember specifically were the core JJ game or against core JJ where core JJ's bar killed a bunch of times in the Nautilus game. You know, it was like, okay, he's dying too many times in these situations, but he's a young player and he's going to learn, you know, like I think you can have criticism of this talent, a player like Insanity, a player like, oh my God, my cat is just relentlessly wanting to play right now. I'm sorry. Uh, but there are a number of young players who come in and you can be critical of them. And it's not saying that they don't deserve their jobs as well. And I think the, the problem is people go too far, you know, to the caller's point, like, and they start saying that this guy fucking sucks. Get him out of here. And that's like, 
or like you're doomed because this player is playing, which is, I think, a different thing. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a line that's crossed a lot in the community. I also think that like there's nothing wrong with, um, you know, uh, having criticisms of a player. I think the issue is that like we can't control how the like hive mind Reddit community responds to, you know, our how we do things, right? Like they could flame Poom regardless of what anyone says. We can't control that. But what we can control is how the people like the face of the league and the, the casters and like the leaders of the community like put out their feelings, right? Like you can do it in a, a tasteful way that doesn't encourage like extensive and like disgusting uh you know, aggressive behavior. Like, not that your, I personally, I don't think your tweet was that bad. Uh, I think that it was a joke. I just think that maybe it was a not a tasteful joke at the time because you didn't realize the, you know, the possible results of that. Um, so it's just like, it's uh, it's hard for us to like really decide whether you know the community is going to respond negatively like that. Um, so we just, we just like all we can do is like in the community is do the best we can to prevent like this happening because like all this bad press for like teams is going to make it harder for them to take the next step and i think 100 thieves did a really great job of you know taking that step and we shouldn't be punishing them for being willing to take the risk because of how awful the amateur and collegiate scene is right now Mm -hmm. like those risks have to happen like no one will be prepared 100 percent in lcs right now because we don't have anything in place for them to be prepared so those risks have to happen and we shouldn't punish organizations for doing that yeah and i think at least the on LCS broadcast, we were always very positive about teams being like, okay, what's your fucking game plan on, on an organizational level? Like, if you're not going to contend for Worlds, like, why would you start players who have six to eight years of game like experience? It's just, it's just like, oh, because you paid that, you already like paid their check or whatever, you know. So like, when Dig made the roster swaps, I mean, we went from being super critical. Same with Immortals, we went from being super critical to like, thank God they're doing something different. And even though, you know, Immortals picked up four wins out of, I think it was 12 games, like, I think our tone was totally different than when it was the other roster. Um, And so, like, I totally agree that I would rather see teams take risks and bomb out when they're already not going to make Worlds anyways. Um, And I I will always try to, uh, you know, applaud orgs for doing that. And at the same time, not pull like every single punch just because they're new like i think that's people seem yeah. to that that's the alternative that's not the alternative it's like a it's a straw man that like oh if you're encouraging teams and wanting to not go hard on on younger players that must mean that you don't want to criticize them at all it's like, well no. and i'll i'll take some ownership of this sometimes like especially as a content creator it is tempting and i and i see this from the community too it is tempting to just be like ha i'm to make fun like i've made fun of who he a lot you know, I, I've made fun of, of other players. Ryoma, Ryoma, I feel like, becomes this, like, whipping boy. And Viper, <laughs> I think, is one of those players right now, too. There was a really great moment on Sneaky's co-stream, which I've been watching a ton of lately. He was doing it without medios. And the Twitch chat all started trying to make fun of Viper. And he's just sitting there. He started, like, arguing with Twitch chat. He's like, you guys just, like, is somebody whispering in your ear trying to, like, make it so that you guys just want to constantly make fun of this guy or like pick out every single issue that he has. Like they're not losing because of Viper in this game. Like, yes, he had this situation that occurred, but also he was way behind because of all these other things that happened in the game because other people are underperforming, et cetera, et cetera. And so again, like I, I get it that, Hey, you know, people sometimes like to pick on, on a certain player or whatever, but it is, 
it, it is interesting when you just sort of see the circle jerk become like, haha, let's all make fun of this player no matter what they do, because suddenly, you know, even if they're having like a decent game, the couple of mistakes they might make there end up being pulled apart. And I think especially in Viper's situation and people in a similar situation to that is that he's in some sense supposed to be justifying like, cause it's a position battle that at least on the outside, it seems right. like a posi- position battle fans. Like, why aren't we seeing Lorlo? And it just turns into this, like point out everything he does wrong because I think Lorlo should be in yeah. right. Or, or whatever it is. Um, I mean, I've definitely been critical of Viper, but like, you know, what can, what can you do? I try and I also try to build people up when I feel like they are playing well. Like when, when FBI was popping off and, and James pointed out they only had 1900 followers on Twitter. I was like, what the fuck? And we kind of organized like, <laughs> pimp out his uh, Twitter account and stuff. And to be honest, we're probably too like slow at doing that. It took to him dumpstering double lift in a series before we, you know, we were like, okay, we should probably hype him up. <laughs> like we hadn't done enough for him, you know? Um, but like, I think that's important too is, when things do work out being extremely uh you know like all this player popped off like yeah yeah Yeah. actually actually praising them a lot so like golden guardians having all these players performing well who he's role swap working out fbi stepping up closer being a good import demonte you know like all these different things like yeah we should spend a lot of time bolstering them uh overdrive and chat says streamers usually pick on the same player so then chat joins in that's one concern I've had with co-streaming, and one of the reasons why I was really happy that that Sneaky was defending a player who was chat is like, I do think that unlike the LCS broadcast, there is incentive for co-streamers to be incendiary and to like, oh man, this guy's just playing like shit. Oh my god, are you kidding me right now? Why would he do that? <laughs> and uh, and I do worry that like that feeds this kind of negative cycle where then everybody else, you know, Papa Smithy also said in chat that people like to feel like they're part of the consensus and part of the, the crowd. And so it's like you have certain personalities ripping into a rookie or a player. And then that self perpetuates as the community picks up on it, which incentivizes the streamer to like shit on them any, even more. Like I have the same thing, you know, I, I feel that on this show where like, if I make a joke about a player that I know is unpopular um, and I can safely make the joke, and get a rise out of Twitch chat, it's like really tempting sometimes to take that pot shot. So I don't know. It's something I need to be better about, but I hope other people it's will like, be too. It's on us to like go out of our way and try to better the community however we can. So, I mean, we can't change what everyone else thinks, only what we put out there. Yeah. yeah so and I by the way, Fallacy like... in chat says, yeah, Medio saying TSM needed to pause the game to give Doublelift a Heimlich maneuver for his joking <laughs> is pretty funny. <laughs> so like, but I will that's... agree. That All is right, really so here's... funny. That's here's funny, the thing. Yeah. There's a scale between how yes. like how much shit talking you're doing to how funny it is, right? So like, true. If you say something that's fucking hilarious, like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> I mean, like that media thing is great. Like, yes. no one's gonna get mad. And I don't think people. I don't want banter to disappear. I don't want shit talk to disappear. I don't want, you know, flame in the like people are giving their honest takes i don't want that to disappear like i love when one pro player says he thinks another pro, pro player is like overrated or shit yeah. you know like that sparks so much conversation i don't think it needs to be harped on to the degree that people harp on some of these things but like i don't want that stuff to go away because that's the shit that really gets you into the scene but, um, and, and i think like here's a good example jensen saying tsm was overhyped i think is great that's like a fun yeah. narrative if jensen was just like 
wow, Phoenix sucks. I'm like, <laughs> great conversation we're having here. Like, we're talking about a bottom tier team with like a player that is not very popular anymore. Like, it's sort of like, what's the point of doing that? And it's not particularly interesting. So, like, that I yeah. think is is you know it. Yes, there is there is value. You know, Peter dishes out trash talk all the time. He's an MVP. Him like choking in a series, I think, is something that maybe people can be more critical of and he'll be able to take it versus like somebody tweeting poo gang with a bunch of uh, terrible squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> I like, uh, I mean, as much as I, like, I, I am sorry that like it, it caused flame and stuff, yeah. but like, I look forward to like a year from now when he's had more experience and he's playing well. Like, you know how people do the coin flip things, the caps and craps and claps. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I look forward to like, hopefully memes, becoming a yes. Yeah, I want it yeah, to be yeah. a meme. I didn't want it to be like a put down of any kind. Yeah, it's the beating the dead horse type thing. Right? Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Maybe when he pops off in the future, everyone will just spam Poo Gang and it'll be yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so I'm trying to think. Did we cover all of the topic? Oh, I guess we didn't really talk about the like yeah. orgs taking it yes. seriously. Yeah. I, look, I will say here's what I will say. In a perfect world, every GM, coach, and teammate would just be able to completely tune out any criticism that they see and come at it in a completely objective way. That's just not the way the world works. You know, like if, it, you know, if you are, for instance, an investor in 100T and you're watching their games every week and the community just is hard flaming a rookie, that person will probably say, why do you have this player on this team to the people that are running it? they might feel a little more pressure to put a little more pressure on the GM who might put a little bit more pressure on the player. Like this stuff, you know, even if it's not happening on every team, I got to tell you folks, like it, all this stuff is not in isolation. And yeah, like when you're trying to build a brand and you're trying to make people like you and you want to feel like folks actually want to root for you, it is going to feel bad and sometimes be tempting to be like, let's just bring in, you know, sneaky next year rather than taking a chance on a rookie because we know people love sneaky and it'll be a cool story. Everyone will be super excited about the signing, et cetera. I'm not saying people shouldn't sign sneaky. It's just like you, it, yeah, it, exactly. it makes the risk even bigger on trying to sign rookie talent. Whenever you feel like you're going to get beat the fuck down. If that person doesn't succeed with it in their first split. And that's that's why I like to try and criticize orgs more for bad decision making or like not or like what we're talking about, like reusing talent or something when they have other people that they should be trying yeah. through Academy and stuff. I, I've been trying to be more critical of orgs instead of players on bad teams this split uh, much more so, which I think is, is I don't know if it's the right thing to do, but at least it's maybe less personal. Vienna, any shout outs? Um, shout out to all the C9 sponsors, you know, uh, we got yeah. a lot of them. So Vienna, by the way, is a streamer for C9. Uh, None of them happen to be a sponsor of this show though. Exactly. Yes. I'm not going to, I'm not going to name them, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I think it was cool to hear your guys takes on it too. I'm happy to see you guys, you know, had some stuff to say. So thanks a bunch. Thanks. Thanks for complimenting our takes caller yeah anyway, thanks pretty, pretty good. <laughs> thanks for have a good one no worries thanks yeah i didn't think about it like that before we do have some good takes huh yeah yeah we do 
even if Twitch chat disagrees, we have some great takes. All right. You gonna do a sponsor read? Yeah, I am. <laughs> Speaking of great takes, you could all take this sponsor read from me right now. Alienware.com slash Travis. Everybody, everybody right now. Just everybody. I don't care who you are. Go to Alienware.com slash Travis. Because right at the very top, you're going to see a banner that says Intel Gamer Days win the ultimate battle station. Enter now. And you can literally enter to win. It takes, it's like, it takes like no time to do that. Uh, it, I think right now what I'm looking at is it looks like, I mean, I think there's a couple different things on there, but one of them is like, just follow Alienware on Twitter or Intel Gaming, and you have a chance to, uh, to win a Alienware or R11 with 10th Gen Intel Core i9 10900K, 34-inch Alienware curved gaming monitor, that's what I use right now, Alienware Pro Gaming Keyboard, and Alienware Elite Gaming Mouse, and Alienware 7.1 Gaming Headset, and a $300 Steam gift card. The ultimate gaming battle station is part of Intel Gamer Days. Pogs in the chat. All right, Twitch chat. Pogs in the, uh, I don't know, whatever you're doing if you're listening to the podcast. I know there's not really a good way to pog on the podcast. Anyway. Pog in your car and look at other people in traffic. <laughs> yes, look at, I want, if you're in traffic or if you're at a stoplight, I want you to turn to the and person that lock eyes with them and just silently mouth pog champ at them. All right. Anyway, I can't do the face well. Anyway, it's like more lippy than it is teeth, you know. Yeah, I, I've heard that. Anyway, <laughs> Intel Gamer Days. <laughs> can't make those jokes. Uh, that's one. That's one of your best jokes. Can't, can't make the, Can't make those jokes during a sponsor plug. <laughs> Intel Gamer Days uh, going on right now. Anywhere.com slash Travis. Go check it out. Um, and by the way, hey, as a quick aside, everyone. I talked to, uh, or I heard, some, I heard some news about how many of you guys have been using my code for Alienware stuff. Thank you. I legitimately mean that. It is, it is actually good. impressive to find out how many people are using the code and buying uh, stuff from our sponsor to support us. And I, that is like, no, all jokes aside, it, it was really wild whenever i heard so I, I deeply meaningfully thank you all for supporting them either way um oh yeah by the way travis 10 off q3 if you want to save 10 percent on your order all this will be in the link in the all this stuff will be in the description of the youtube video let's move on to the next caller off all mark right. goes off i go <clears throat> off he goes shout out to speaking of support uh, the Despair Bear, I think I already said them. Ted Too Cold, and is it Magi, Mick? Magi, Mick? I don't know. on there, but thank you for your two months. I just don't know how to say your name. Who did? Ziggy Carmine says, you know, Travis, I'm currently watching Hotline League on my Alienware monitor, and the quality is just stunning. I went from a silver player to gold just by plugging in the screen. I mean, it's really important to have a screen plugged in when you're playing League of Legends, so I can understand. All right. Thew is youth. Oh, God. You is here. Where are you calling from? Maine. Maine. Uh, well, thanks for calling from Maine. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so I think that TL matches up better against FlyQuest, uh, but they are focused on taking out TSM out in the early rounds uh, to help them not gain momentum in the long run. Oh! Yeah. So you're saying this is like a five-head play? 
Yeah, they're for they're TL to draft future. Golden Guardians so they can send, uh, what like I guess FlyQuest down to FlyQuest or C9 down to to face TSM. No, CSM plays the loser of TL Golden Guardians. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. So they're beating. Gold, they pick the person that they want to send to to take care of Team yes. like TSM. Yep. They've they. So, oh, that's awesome. I really like this take. Yeah, so I basically uh, think that TL just matches up against FlyQuest better in almost every single way. Um, I think they both play for scaling, but overall, TL is just better. Um, maybe besides Santorin and Broxa, because, but Broxa can just farm and go 0-0-0 on Graves, so that doesn't really matter. <laughs> but uh, GGS are super active in the early game. Um, and that actually will create more problems for TL in the long run. But I think what TL does really well is punish mistakes. And so I think that uh, that gives them the edge in the series. But I think um, overall, I just think that the FlyQuest series would be much easier for them. Um, farm for 30 minutes, win one team fight, win the game type of deal, uh, rather than having to uh play a lot of the early game and so the part about tsm is that i think tl uh are just thinking about the future and who does tsm have a better chance of winning against and i think they match up a lot better against flyquest uh so than gts and uh if tsm regains footing inside of playoffs they could actually be a threat in the long run um and i actually think that with this idea tl actually has a good idea um, good feeling of probably ending first place. You, you, yeah. Who do you think is uh, like se separating the matchup? Who do you think is the stronger team, FlyQuest or Golden Guardians? Uh, overall, I think FlyQuest um, is the stronger team, but I think matchups wise, I think that TL would have an easier time against FlyQuest than Golden Guardians. So you're saying TL picked a harder opponent for them because it's also a harder opponent for TSM. Yes. I um I don't know. I have a hard time with this because I think if you're TSM or sorry, I think if you're TL, you are just saying who maybe Jet is like five heading or whatever, but I think you're just saying who's the weaker team because like let's let's just pick that team and face mm -hmm. them. Uh so that cuz if you win this, you go to Worlds. So I I feel like Golden Guardians, given their, their record, and FlyQuest, given their record, I feel like it's a pretty easy pick. You just pick Golden Guardians. Yeah, I think uh, I'm I'm, a, I'm pretty aligned with that. Especially, like, yeah, I remember TL is actually 0-2 against FlyQuest in the, with Turtle. Or not, they're not 0-2 with FlyQuest. Actually, I don't remember. I'm sure. If MASH was in or not? Yeah, I don't remember, but... FlyQuest with Turtle has only lost to C9. I mean, they did lose two games to EG, but then won that series. Um, Which just says 1-1. So, yeah, but one of the games with MASH, so it's, it's whatever. For, that was not a great point by me. Fuck it. What I'm saying is, I think FlyQuest is scary, and a lot of teams do think that they, they're decent. Um, you know, Solo, maybe he was just, because he doesn't have to prove it, was talking shit, but in, in his interview, he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sad TL didn't pick us because... Uh, that would have been the freest series. I think he said free as fuck explicitly. But, uh, you know, he seems to think that they would have a good matchup versus Team Liquid. And so maybe Team Liquid agrees. Maybe they just think Golden Guardians is the worst team. It's hard to know. Um, and I think the fact that you're 
setting Golden Guardians to go up against TSM again is more a cherry on top than the actual Sunday. Well, yeah, Pollard? I just, I just think that uh, overall, I, I do think that FlyQuest is the stronger team, but I just think that um, TSM could just overall match up. They had very close games, well, except for their first game against FlyQuest, um, but they're a completely different team now, and I think that they could move into uh, just, I, I think GGS was just a good call by I'm Mark I'm a little so I do we have a G, GGS or GG I think call? we have another more matchup specific C9 GGS or a TL GGS call I think we have okay. a more matchup one too. okay so I'll hold this for, for that but uh I don't know I I like the take a lot and I love the idea of it and I, it I would want be, it to be true <laughs> yeah exactly it'd be so sick if Jet is like you know they beat GG and they they send them down, and Jets on in like a post game interview or something with Lotigris is like, I mean we knew this would happen, and now goodbye TSM blah ha ha you know cackles maniacally, but I just don't, I don't know. But they should definitely claim that by the way if it works, if that's how this plays out, if they beat GG GG goes down beats TSM, they should one hundred percent claim that this was their plan all along. Yeah, even if regardless it wasn't, of if it sure. was, because they will get so much attention. I'm saying is lying is good. Do you yeah. any, anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? I do just want to shout out Double Lift. I've been a CLG uh, and Double Lift fan since season two, and I can feel his frustration from his interview with you. And I just, uh, even though I think TSM will lose in playoffs, I really hope he can prove me wrong. So, oh, you, so you think Golden Guardians is going to beat him again? I do. Gary, I don't. I don't think they will. But we're going to have another call for that in a second. You, thanks, so thanks so much awesome. for the call. Thanks, guys. Okay, off Mark goes. I've been, so I've been trying, I, need, I kind of need to use the restroom. And uh, I've noticed that this is maybe the second hotline league in, the, in a row where I really need to pee. And I think part of that is because I, I, I have been... Mark, I know you're here and a new caller, but let me say this. I have perfectly moisturized lips. However, the way that the lighting hits and the fact that the Elgato capture device adds extra sharpness because it's designed for video games, a ton of people in the comments have said, Travis, your lips are so chap. Please use fucking chapstick. And they're like, you need to hydrate. Hydrate. And so it has made me self-conscious. So I have started drinking a lot of water when I'm streaming. And even though my lips are like literally, I don't, I know it's not going to look okay. They're perfectly fine. And, uh, and it, this has been, this has been an issue I never anticipated having to have. Um, yeah, I mean, Mark, yours might be, yours might be. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> caller. You don't, you don't have anything Cooper. to do with those. I Where are you it. calling from? Zach? Yes. Where are you calling from? Hey, what's going on? Oh, I'm calling from Fort, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Sorry, I was having trouble hearing you. I think you were moving your mic. Yeah, it's okay. 
sorry, there was a little bit of commotion. Fort Lauderdale, <laughs> Florida. Uh, hopefully yes. everything's okay. Florida seems like a, a sketchy place. Anyway. Yeah, it's hot. Well, that's not what I was referring to. But what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, it's perfect. I was going to say that uh, Golden Guardians and TSM are going to rematch in loser's bracket. But I think the result will probably be the same. Maybe oh. not like as hard of a stomp. But I do think that like TSM kind of has some... Like It seems like they have some big in issues going on. And if they don't get them fixed, it, it just looks like Golden Guardians are just going to roll them again, I think. So I love the idea of Golden Guardians going to Worlds. Uh, that that being said, I agree with you. Uh, mm -hmm. I like I know that oftentimes Mark comes in with the analysis, and people are like, "Oh, you know, it's great he's got analysis." And I just come in with like my intuition, but my intuition frequently correct, and I just feel like, you know, the the LCS is scripted, and TS double going back on TSM. I just feel like it's destiny, it's fate that like they'll come back and beat Golden Guardians in this game, this match, and it's gonna feel really sad for Golden Guardians. And I don't know, I just that's that's sort of my impulse. Mark, <laughs> you're muted. I'm muted. I uh, I don't know. This is actually really hard because so this is the the I'm gonna roast myself a little bit section for being a coward. Finally, and and. Uh, <laughs> not predicting golden guardians i made it 3-2 tsm to do like the whole it's gonna be a close series uh but really like if you go back and watch how i talked about the matchup between tsm and golden guardians i have way more good things to say about golden guardians and like i was citing their major lead and all these different things and the haunters on my all pro i think they actually outmatched tsm in four out of five positions and the only one that TSM had in their favor was Bjergsen, but as we already kind of talked about in the show, it's not like Demonte is going to ever like going to get blown out and be useless because you know, like I don't think he's a liability. So, despite that, for some reason, I'm still predicting TSM, and it's basically because <laughs> I'm a coward. <laughs> and I don't like. I feel as though, and this is what's funny. Whenever I get into these situations, the comments are always like, "Travis is a TL hater. Travis is a TSM fanboy. Travis is whatever." Like, guys, let me be honest with you. I get way more interviews and access with Golden Guardians than with TSM. It would, if I was strictly caring about my own self-interest, it would be better for me if Golden Guardians goes to Worlds than TSM. But I feel like TSM dramatically underperformed what we had seen from them before. And maybe I'm just falling victim to the Jensen situation where, like, I'm overhyping them. But, like, I don't think that that is the way that TSM has played for the most of the second half of the split. And I think, like, they did not look as bad on the Dignitas day, and I feel like they will step it up, and it'll be a much closer series, and maybe the idea is that's going to go, like, 50-50 or something, and then, you know, in the fifth game, it goes really close or something. But I just, I, I, I just feel like TSM will, will make it work. I mean, so, yeah, that's that's what I thought, too, and that's why I'm saying I'm biased, and you're biased. We're, we're going off name recognition and historical bias over, like, what my eyeballs tell me, which is not smart. Like like I said, I thought four out of five positions on, T on Golden Guardians were better than their counterparts this split. I thought that their, their major lead stats were, were better. I thought that they had big problems in the mid-game, which is probably the one thing I, I was thinking that TSM, you know, was was better in. Uh, but even then, it's not like that's a strength of TSM. Their mid game is not like insane or anything. So, 
if I was like, there, there's matchup concerns. Like, yeah, you know, TSM beat Golden Guardians. I think it was the last week of the split too. But Golden Guardians had a four game, a four K gold lead. And if you're gonna tell me, you know, like, okay, that's gonna consistently happen. You know, Golden Guardians is gonna get four K gold lead. Of course, I'm gonna pick Golden Guardians to win the series. And then they three would them. You know, like, I think I was totally just like giving into the bias and the pressures of like predicting the upset. And I was a total coward. That said. <laughs> This time, I think TSM had a lot to learn from that, and I think it'll be closer. Uh, I think the thing that they abused in the bot lane with like them not playing Morgana well will hopefully get fixed. Um, because you can give up Morgana and play Karma, which is what Dig did to still punish them. You can you can give up, you know, Morgana play Nami. You can you can play a number of Enchanter supports into it that do quite well. Um, and so like I can't. I can't believe that TSM is going to get that blasted in the bot lane again. Um, even though I do think FBI and Huhi are, are a better lane. Um, so, like, I would actually say I would expect Golden Guardians to win, and I'll probably actually predict them this time if this matchup does happen. But I actually feel strangely... like I, Even though I predicted TSM last time, I had better feelings about Golden Guardians in that match than this time, because I think TSM uh, can... can you know, like you're given what you did wrong, so now you can change it. Right. Yeah. One hundred. I just feel like uh, I feel like Golden Guardians just I feel like they have a more solid game plan right now. The draft oh, for in sure. their in their series against uh, TSM, the the draft for TSM was like kind of janky, especially in that last game. It's like in, in like the meta of the series kind of seemed like okay, Bjergsen is like literally hard carrying us one v nine. Let's put him on tank set like. I don't know. I mean, I know Seth's like a playmaking champion and stuff, but it just feels like Bjergsen 1v9, like Golden Guardians just has too many tools to deal with that, I think. And by and the I way, if DeMonte clips this part of the show and tweets it out after Golden Guardians beats TSM, I'm not even mad. I, I just want to shout out to all the Twitter fans. Or Golden Guardians. I'm, I'm, still, I said I'm probably predicting Golden Guardians this time. What is he oh, going to clip? Wait, you are? Yeah, oh, you're just saying I'm that for probably. the tweet. No, no, no. He said that. Oh, I, I thought that. you were saying like even that this time you f think it's TSM that's going to take it. No, I was saying I even though I predicted TSM last time, and I felt better about Golden Guardians, I will predict Golden okay. Guardians this time, even though I feel better about TSM. Ah, uh, just to balance it out. Yeah, it, like if like yeah. Whatever. I I feel like this is really disappointing, Mark, because you are literally hedging your bet as so much as possible by saying I'm I think TSM will Guardians. take it, I... but I pre will predict Golden <laughs> Guardians because guess what. I didn't now, say I think TSM will take it. I said it'll be a closer series, and I feel better about TSM than I felt okay. going into the, the that one, even though I predicted them because I'm a coward. Okay. I'm not a so coward you still this time. Th you think TSM is not going to Worlds? No. And Golden Guardians will be the, the nail in their coffin? Yes. And I think one of the things, to the caller's point about some of the stuff with Bjergsen's and TSM's playstyle. I think that they have the, the least defined playstyle of the teams seriously contending for Worlds. Between TL, C9, FlyQuest, Golden Guardians, and TSM. TSM is the one where I'm not sure exactly what they're trying to do. And in their series first dig, they had three different people step up to be the main carry. There was the Sintra game for Bjergsen, there was the Nidalee game, and then there was the Broken Blade counterpick game. But I don't actually think they play any of those three styles particularly well compared to the other top teams playing their styles. Uh, I think that's one of the, the biggest concerns I still have for them, even though I think they'll adapt to some of the draft problems that they had in terms of uh, what was going on in the bot lane. 
I'm still not convinced they 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 have a great play style. Um, and it's it's basically Bjergsen carry us, please, which is what Hanser said in his interview, which is absolutely you know how I think a lot of people feel and why uh, he got a lot of credit. Um, you know, as much as as Jensen might say it was overrated, maybe, but at the very least, it's it's a fairly shared sentiment among pro players as well. You can see that all pro ball- ballot voting as well, and not see that like this was not a caster led. Yeah. There's actually more. I mean, my interview with Double F, he was like, it's literally just Bjergsen doing everything he can, and like that. <laughs> yeah. He said that like, yeah, at, at this point in time is his biggest motivation because he just would feel so bad for Bjergsen <laughs> to be playing at this level, and they <laughs> just don't make it like, to world. I'm sorry, Dad. Yeah, it's <laughs> just yeah. Yeah. I, um, so there you go. I'm going to say this now because it'll be too mean to say it next week if if Golden Guardians does beat TSM. But like, it is public information now that Doublelift did not even consider like talking to Golden Guardians and was completely unwilling to talk to them or consider them at all. So if you get eliminated in playoffs by losing to Golden Guardians in a best of five series twice, and this is a team you refuse to even have a discussion with about like joining their team from from TL because you exclusively talk to TSM. <clears throat> That's a tough. <laughs> That's a tough moment. I mean, the funny thing is, and I said this to you as well when you told me that initially, is, well, the other thing that's different between the two teams is also the FBI is better than Doublelift. So <laughs> I don't know if, if they would beat TSM if Doublelift was on Golden Guardians. Yeah. I would just say there's a lot at stake for... So, I mean, he said the, the headline for the interview I released today is like, uh, double elimination oh, definitely possibly saved my career or whatever. And like, I think that is how he is thinking about the series right now is like, and I, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to retire or anything like that, but it's just like, it is his, his reputation is more on the line now than it has been in a very, very long time. Since basically they got relegated. Or where they, they had to play in relegation, excuse me. TLG, I would say, having to play on relegation. Right, that's the one I'm talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. Not, not the time he subbed in for TL. Yes. That was, that Probably was, like yeah. what, I think that was like 2014, I think, or something. So. End of 2014, yeah. Yeah. So it's just, uh, it, it is wild. And I do think people will not talk about that as much because I do think everyone has universally said we're not going to talk too much about the double lift stuff because people have double lift fatigue. But, ah, uh, man, it is... It is going to be a wild weekend, potentially. I mean, especially if FBI bought Gapsum again. If Golden Guardians <laughs> just win based off, like, better team play and stuff, then I don't think it'll be quite as much of a story. It'll still be a big one, but... Yeah. I feel yeah. like the series will be closer at, very, at the very least, right? Just because TSM has had, what, like, it'll be two weeks now to, like, recognize their issues and... Well, and, and Golden Guardians, assuming, okay, I mean, we're just assuming, by the way, that Golden Guardians is going to lose the TL, uh, which yeah. is like a, an interesting thing that we're all doing, but I think, whatever, <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll all look like idiots whenever Golden Guardians <laughs> crushes TL, TL and qualifies for Worlds, but... That'd be fun. Uh, but I do think, I, I it's, it'll be interesting because Golden, TL will be, or sorry, TSM will be coming in off of their victory against Dig, which maybe they didn't feel good about, but at least is like a better feeling than T- than Golden Guardians who, like, let's say TL crushes them. That's going to be tough for them. And in a lot of ways, it is easier for TSM to prep. Yeah. Uh, because they can they can basically prep assuming it's Golden Guardians and then adjust if they need to, whereas Golden Guardians needs to... Have, they have less time to specifically prep for TL. Then there's that, you know, if you lose, you're probably sad. And then yeah. you have to play 
with only one day to prep for TSM. So um, it is a little unfortunate, uh, but I mean, do you obviously. think Golden Guardians has any chance against TL? I think. Mm -hmm. Ah, you can go through bot lane. I mean, I think FBI like not that tactical is bad or anything. Tactical is great, but yeah, you know, I just probably... like core JJ is not going to have a support pool problem. Like that was that was what happened. Was like okay, we, we either side of Kate Morg, Kate Ash. If we pick the Morg, we get countered. If they pick Morg, I don't have a counter for it. And, and like that's not going to happen for, <laughs> for for core JJ. Uh, as well as the fact that I think their strengths are in totally different areas. Golden Guardians has a really good early game and really good laners. So does TL. They just don't have they just don't play aggressive early. They actually still get leads early game. And then they're they don't make mistakes. And then they, they beat you in mid-game, which is still Golden Guardians' weakest point. They did, I think it was game two in that series. They had like a 6k gold lead that slipped away, and then it had that crazy double TP backdoor thing. Um I think the weaknesses of Golden Guardians still exist, even though they 3-0 TSM. Yeah. I here I'll say this. Uh Peter, my best friend, et cetera. I'm just going to address this because I've seen it a lot in Twitch chat or people saying, like, I'm lying because, like, I would feel really bad for Peter not making it to Worlds. Peter has been to Worlds a lot. And if he doesn't make it, I'm confident he will bounce back next year. I do not think that this is the end of his career. I would feel bad for, I would feel worse for Bjerg not making it to Worlds. Three years in a row. Yes. I think that's really tough. And, uh, and I think for Golden Guardians, I have a lot of friends over there. And I have seen, you know, Hunter, one of my, my closest friends, we've worked together at two different companies, runs that org. And uh, Spelzy and I uh, work together. And there's a lot of, like, I, I think DeMonte's great, et cetera. So, like, I would feel really happy for Golden Guardians going. Um, and I, I think it would be good for the league to have that sort of story after Golden Guardians has been beat down for so long. So uh, I, I don't think, you know, I have a lot of personal feelings uh, both sides of the aisle and so people trying to pin it down is like he's a tsm shell that's why he's voting for tl because a double or tsm because a double lift is i think a I, poor read uh, on me as a person i only decide based off how many of their people are in our twitch chats and interact with us and <laughs> yeah. that's golden guardians easily yeah. so sorry tsm i haven't yeah. seen parth in here in a hot minute he that's hates true. us now Travis admits on camera he hates every team that isn't GG or TSM. All right, well, we're going to burn this blue plushie. Anyway, uh, Zach. Yeah. You got any thoughts before we say goodbye? Um, Not much. I love watching DeMonte play, so, you know, more power to him if he can make it. Love him following his story. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. Thank you for the call. We'll catch you next yeah. time. Yes. Moving on to the next caller. Anero says, what do you mean, sorry, TSM? We're not going to play TSM. Lamau. Mark, uh, you want to go grab the next caller? Yeah, I was, I was asking him a, I was asking a question. For people who don't know, I was saying, uh, since he's here, I was asking Anero, how do you feel about the prep situation if you do lose? You know, like, it's a short turnaround time, etc. Like, uh, I was just curious. If it was like, eh, whatever, I'd rather have two chances and I'm, I'm happy about it, or like, eh. He says, IDC about the prep part, TBH, it's chill and punishment for losing. There you go. I, that's probably the most narrow answer you could ever yeah. get. Like, you just hear, like, I don't really I don't care about the But it's kind of stupid. We just do, potentially do it. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just, like, if you lose, it's just, 
you know, whatever. Yeah, That's like, sucks. we deserve it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's kind of stupid. We potentially just do a rematch, you know? <laughs> I don't know if I can get deep. I'm trying to get deeper and I can't do it. It's like keep tucking my chin further against my neck to push my, like, at the... Does this, hang on, does this make me sound more high pitch or low pitch? What I'm doing right now. What, leaning in? No. Do you hear? There's no change there's in my no voice. No change. Not there's... not through Skype. Maybe right. through. Well, this isn't doing it. Hello. Is this doing anything? All right. Well, this uh, sound mixer. But this, you hear this, right? <laughs> what the? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna get the next caller. All right. Got to figure this stuff out. All right. Um, uh, let's let's go. Okay, so. Nanuko, what 11, 20 months. Thank you for the prime. Blackburn, 24. Thank you. Lane Plox gifted a sub to Ovali. Lucky Stuff, Twitch. Uh, let's see. Darth Zombie, 13. Thank you. <clears throat> Where are we? Uh, he says Boomer Hours. Thank you. For Twitch chat, always so supportive of me. You know, that's what I, I'm here. Thank you, everyone who's subbing, by the way. You are better people if you sub. Um, and if you want right now, you can actually hover your cursor over the screen. Oh wait, is it turned off? Oh my God. I got to turn that back on that extension. I think if you hover over the screen, you're supposed to see a blue crown. Uh, there we go. I, I fixed it. All right. Let's try this again. If, can you guys hover your cursor over the screen? Do you see, did it save? I hope it's saved. You might see a blue crown if you do. It's on. Okay, we perfect. We have a caller, by the way. Oh, I kept looking. At, you must have just joined. Indy Skies is here. Indy, where are you, where are you calling from? Uh, Indianapolis. Indianapolis. How's it going in Indianapolis? I've actually never been. I have no idea. I'm not calling from Indianapolis. <laughs> I'm calling from Sarnia, Ontario. <clears throat> Mark, do you realize what you did? No, what I do? Got him, boys. Oh, I don't even care anymore. Welcome to the show, Blue Jay. <laughs> what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I want to talk about the players that I think should be in the conversation for who got robbed for the all-pro voting. Um, I think Jensen, Afro, PoE, and Solo should all be part of that discussion. Definitely feel like FlyQuest was underrepresented, which is a statement I thought I would never say in my life, but... <laughs> True. Um, Wait, underrepresented? FlyQuest on the across the All Pro. I thought they did okay. They had three out of their five positions. Uh, let me pull it up again. So Santorum, Santorum second got team, second. Ignar and Poe third team, right? Uh oh yeah, Poe and Niski tied. Yep, first tie ever. Oh, Speaking is that true? Both it was. Yeah. All right, and then Blue Jay, who was your? Who did you so, say? I said Jensen, Solo, Power of Evil, and Aphromoo. Okay, so you would have liked to see Power of Evil higher than third. Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I had him second, but... Okay. Uh, that, yeah. I feel like that is a... And you, and Jensen got second, which I think implies that you think Jensen should have been first. And yes. POE should have been second, and Bjergsen should have been third? Yep. You uh, all this but... goodwill with this Hotline League community, and I feel like you're just <laughs> blowing it right now. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not afraid to share my opinion. The thing is, though, like, I, I'm okay with people voting for Bjergsen. I'm not happy about it, but I'm like, all right. Whereas, like, the last time, like, Bjergsen got MVP over Jensen, that was, like, huge robbery. But um, this time around, like, I can see where the Bjergsen voters are coming from. Um, but I would say that Jensen had a much more, uh, a good split throughout the whole split, whereas I would say Bjergsen probably about three quarters, like, more like, the second half was great if I'm being honest, but I think he wasn't as strong as Jensen was in the first half, if we want to go just with the Jensen take there. Uh, I think the Jensen take is actually, I mean, I understand it was close. There's a period of the split, like you're saying, where Jensen was also an MVP candidate. Um, so, like, I think it's it's hotly debated. Jensen actually had the most points on the second All-Pro ballot, so I think, you know, there is definitely a sentiment among people, and, and some of the LCS uh, casters I know had Jensen over, over Bjerg. Um, so I don't think it's, it's that insane of a, of a take. I think some of the third team ones are actually, like, where I struggled the most. First team, I didn't struggle with too much, but, like, uh, you're talking about Aphromu, but Huhi, I think, was actually super good as well, and yeah. uh, I think Core JJ had him as his first All-Pro vote, because, um, you know, you can't vote for yourself. I think I, think I saw that, so... You know, Afro might even be fifth. And there were a number of people who I'm like, oh, that's the fifth best person. And I actually think they did pretty well. Like Turtle yeah. was, he just didn't play enough games for me to vote for him, but he's like number one in KDA. He has insane stats and like his kills participation pre 15. His CSD is slightly negative, but Ignar is the highest roam percent. Like if he played that well the entire split 18 games and they finished, you know, top three pushing for top two, then like he easily could have actually maybe edged out. I think I had Double Lift as my third, but you know, like, even then, I also could have put tactical in there, and like it was, it was fucking hard. I like your point about turtle because I think, like, especially, well, it's pretty universal across a, a lot of uh, across the whole league that like it's really hard to change fan perception of people that have been around for so long. And so, even if turtle did play the whole season, I would not be surprised if even if he kept up those numbers, if he wasn't put on top three, I wouldn't have been surprised at all. Because so many people have, like, a preconceived, like, idea of how a player is once they've been around for that long. You know what I mean? For like, sure. And like I, Bjergsen, for example, honestly. And and it also has to do with just how the split was, where you have some insanely dominant team through the first nine who then falls off a cliff. And it's yeah. like, whoa, how do I rate these players now? Yeah. Because they still finish second, but they look like shit recently. And, like, do I weight the strength of their victories in the first half where they were absolutely obliterating people? Or do I just care that they're winning? Because... Other teams had better second halves technically, but they weren't more dominant, you know? And, like, you yeah. start getting into a lot of these tougher questions where normally the number one team's the number one team basically the whole split, and, you you know, it's it's pretty easy voting. Uh, this was not one of those splits. Can I just oh. say the way that Riot releases the voting results page is just painful. It's like, brutal, man. It's, it's really so fucking It's so actually bad. hard to see who voted for what. Like, you're just... I, maybe I'm getting old, but like, god damn, this is awful. Like, please just make it a shared spreadsheet next time. It's <laughs> it's really bad. That's really really bad. Sorry. Anyway, that's off topic. I was just looking at this stuff. Um, I w go ahead. Sorry. I want to talk a little bit about how you said Afro could be fifth because I honestly think I don't know. Maybe this is a little too uh, aggro, but I honestly think out of all of the people that I just named, I think he was the least. Um, uh, he, or he was the most underserved or underappreciated, I guess is the right word. Um, and, and one of the reasons why I think that is because um, there was this argument that someday was so good on such a bad team. And if that's not what Aframu was, then I don't know what Aframu was this split. Because I thought 
he was unreal on playmakers, man. Like, un unreal. And I thought that, like, he kind of had coin flip Dardock. Like, Dardock was either really good or he was running it. Same thing with Phoenix, I would say. And uh, I know we talked earlier. You, you talked earlier in the show about not wanting to just hard flame, but I didn't think Viper was very good uh, at all this this split. And I thought Lorlo should have been playing there. I think if Diggs bot lane was his, because I mean they had Johnson, who a lot of people felt was pretty good. I mean he he made yeah he was like, great. I yeah, feel like I if mean, Diggs bot lane was as good as you think they are, they would have Dig would have not finished where they did. Ah, uh, man, now you're going to make me get into draft, and I we can't do that. That's way off topic. But, like, I think Dig was way better than what they showed this weekend. I think this, to your point, I think you're not necessarily wrong. I think, because uh, it plays back to your point about recents, like, what people's overall thoughts are. I think there's been a feeling that Afro's washed, you know, for the last mm-hmm. half year or so. And then the opinion changed to, oh, he's not washed. He's actually playing well. But that's not necessarily all the way up to voting for him for my All-Pro. Uh, as well as he is on a losing team. It is really hard to look good on a losing team, especially at support. So I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, but I think it was competitive enough at the position that like the lack of wins do factor in at that point. Um, so I agree. He is actually quite good this split. And I feel bad that his team wasn't, uh, you know, good enough to to make him able to shine more and like you're saying these drafts and things but part of mvp for me or or i'm not mvp well it includes mvp as well but it's performance yeah when i vote i'm often taking into account performance uh not just you know who i think is this good or that good it's not power ranking i try to avoid that to keep it more about what happened this split and i think teams Players on better teams have more consistent performances, partially due to their team being better. But at the end of the day, I can't deny that someone, you know, I think like Ignar or Huki or whoever had more good performances than Afro and had more of an impact in their team's wins. Yeah, I I could see that. I mean, I don't necessarily agree, but I I see where you're coming from for sure. Um, It it definitely favors winning teams when you think about it like that way. And I acknowledge that's one of the issues thinking that way. You make me kind of wonder about someday then. Do you think someday was put a little high? I didn't see, I don't remember exactly what you voted. Like, it, since I was making the argument that someday, oh, he was on a bad team, but he performed so well, and Afro didn't get the same love. Do you think that someday legit just por- performed that much better than Afro to make it to, what was it? Yeah, second, second All Pro? I think this, once again, ties into your point about perception. No one has ever been like, someday's washed. You know, True. Yeah. The, the, the narrative around him is always, stop putting him on tanks. Even if he can play <laughs> them well, his team needs carries. And then when he plays carries, his win rate was actually quite high, depending on what you count Renekton. If you include Renekton, it's like 75% win rate on carries. If you don't include Renekton, it's more like 50%, which is still better than their actual win rate. Um, my point is simply that, he carried more games when he was put in positions to carry, which is just not a fair comparison to make for support who can yeah. almost never carry games. Mm-hmm. Prof in the chat says, or Prof no good, says, wow, Mark and Travis cannot give tactical any props. Claims about me, somebody who put tactical number two. <laughs> Over double if to everyone claims I'm like super biased to, but I'm not the person who put double if number one uh, is ADC. I would have been really disappointed if Double Lift was on this list. Sorry if I'm pissing off more more fans of Hotline League again, but I don't think Double I mean, Lift I think, deserved it. I, I, I think good. you're going to have a hard time finding people after his uh, Golden Guardians performance. That I mean, I put him third 
all pro. Definitely felt bad after that fucking series, but uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I definitely try and take some things into account, like um, the substitutions that are occurring in bot lanes. So, like I didn't hit Ignar that hard for playing with Mash. Mash was statistically and eye test wise, and I've said this a couple of times, probably one of the worst bot laners in the league. So like. And- I, I kind of gave him a bit of a pass for some of those games where he did like Ignar did not look good and they're getting bot dove two v two or like you know four v two whatever it is like I I I admit that I kind of hand wave some of those away with like uh, it's not a great situation and some of the same stuff with double lift I was like okay obviously there's issues with this team they're swapping supports out whatnot so maybe I gave double lift a little bit too much leeway with with some of that I I can say that maybe I did but. It was close. It was super fucking close. I definitely think they need to release this before playoffs starts, which I know they normally do, and they didn't because the schedule changed this year. But like, it's really rough. Whatever you have, like one, like a best of five, and a player looks really bad, or a player looks really good in that, and then the next day, and people are all thinking about that series, and then the next day the votes hit, and everyone's like, "Wow!" I mean, MVP is always the worst. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Because it's just like. Maybe if, that if, player looks great or bad or something. And it's just... If Bjerg loses, like, let's say hypothetically Berg, Bjerg gets MVP. I don't know, by the way. I'm just saying it's just the most extreme example I can think of. If he gets MVP but gets knocked out by Golden Guardians here again, like, <laughs> yeah. the shit everyone will catch for voting for him. Even though it's yeah. a regular season award, we'll be through the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that, like, we got to move on to other colors and stuff like that. I just want to talk real quick about Solo because we didn't touch on him very much. Do you think he got robbed at all, or not really? I mean, I had him as my first All Pro, which I know is unconventional, but I definitely. Oh, let's feel go, like, Travis! I definitely feel like uh, FlyQuest, like, is definitely in a in a the place that they are because of him. So yeah, uh, I and I know that's controversial. Uh, I didn't see too many other people that did that, but I I think Solo performed a lot, and I I kind of um maybe it's bad of me, but I'm starting to kind of over possibly over index on FlyQuest players just because I feel like FlyQuest, especially in summer, was a team in which people just didn't pay very much attention to them, especially because they snuck yeah. in towards the end. Well after... and they were they had Viper initially and then yeah. swapped to solo yeah. and then they were still messing around with that lineup even in playoffs. So I just I think I think that I, I spent a lot of time looking more critically at FlyQuest and perhaps perhaps Solo shouldn't have been first. Maybe he should have been second or third. But uh, I just I don't know. I thought a lot about how the fact that they finished third the split, and I think it is unfortunate that they did not get as much attention or talked about as, as maybe they could be. I think it was hard to vote uh, Solo over Licorice with like the CSD numbers that we saw all split long of of Licorice just smashing everyone man like no yeah. one had a, a plus csd except licorice was at like 20 and i know that probably fell off because they started it losing lot, and stuff yeah. but like damn you know i had a whole uh, segment i was going to do that showed all the things licorice was doing in terms of how he traded how he froze waves how he called for help and stuff and i had this I mean, whole segment planned and then they fucking fell apart yeah well, and, and, <laughs> correct me if i'm wrong but didn't like part of the reason i demoted licorice was because i feel like there were games in which he was the the worst performing member of the team or was the liability like i feel like he received a lot of criticism in the second half nah, of this i think kenan kenan game and that was that was mostly that was, that it, was the only opinion. one yeah. yeah the kenan game we got clapped by broken blade counter pick whatever but like the problems i always thought was more mid jungle and just general team synergy so like whatever you know i he still finished with plus 13 which is uh, 
I think the highest. That's really league. good. Yeah. Uh, but at 20, it was legitimately the highest of all time. And if you held on to that, I was ready to just like have a five minute hype him up segment about his landing. And then I might still do it, but it takes on a totally different context and it's, it's more difficult to talk about. Blue Joey, yeah. we do have to move on to the next yep. callers and, and I really need to use the restroom. So uh, no is there anything you want to say? Uh, I'll simp out this week. Uh, guys, go subscribe to, to YouTube. He's trying to get 200k subs. He's at like 190 something. Hit the sub button. 192. You know sure. where you guys yeah, should really go? It's Travis Gaff books. That's where you should really go. His YouTube channel for his lead content is dying. No, <laughs> no one should go there anymore. Where everyone should go is I'm spamming it in Twitch chat. Go sub to that. That's a great YouTube channel right there. All right, go next caller. <laughs> Thank you. I'll, I'll see you guys. Uh, well, hopefully next week. Yeah. See like, you guys. Yep. <laughs> Mark. Someone, someone at Twitch just goes, "What's a book?" <laughs> <laughs> Mark, can you can you talk about that for five seconds while I go pee? Just pee your pants, dude. Who cares? It's in quarantine. No one's going to judge you. But we will. It's happened. I, I don't want to talk about it. I'll I'll be right back. All right. Talk, so talk to Twitch chat. Uh. Travis has started a book YouTube channel. There's only two videos right now, but he and I are big fans of fantasy books. And uh, he, it's his channel. He's going to do it mostly himself, but there are a couple that we're going to collab on. We just did one for The Way of Kings, which we're both hot on. Plus the fourth book in that series is coming out in a couple months. So leading up to it, we're reviewing all the books in that series that have come out so far, as well as going to be talking about big theories in that. Um, so if you guys are literate, that's sick. I really hope you are. And if you also happen to use your literate talents to read fantasy books, you should definitely check out Travis's channel that I'm spamming again uh, so that you can dub there. And it's it's a good time. It's a 45-minute review, bit of a recap as well. I think in the future, we'll do a bit less of a recap and a bit more reviewy and try and cut it down a little bit. But uh, it's pretty good. It does have spoilers. Um, there's full book spoilers. We're only spoiling like the book that we're on. So you don't have to, like if you're only on Way of Kings, you don't need to worry about Words of Radiant spoilers or anything like that. Um, so we'll, we'll uh, keep doing that. I think we're going to record another one. I, uh, so hopefully you guys like that. What are your thoughts on King Killer Chronicles? That was the book that got me back into reading at all. I got an audiobook version. I shouldn't even really say reading because I'm, I'm illiterate like you guys. Um, but yeah, Name of the Wind was the book that got me back into caring about stuff. And on review, like there's some more problematic things and elements that uh, don't hold up quite as well. But the writing's still god tier, and it has a lot of the things that people enjoy about fantasy, and it's easy to to like. And by the way, they don't sponsor the show, but you can do free exclamation mark free book in the chat right now, and and get a link to get a free audio book if you want to do that. Mark, you want to go grab the next caller? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, somebody says, I'm pretty excited now to watch these Travis books online. Oh, yeah, the YouTube channel? Yeah, look, there's a link right now. You have to copy-paste it because uh, if you have Adblock, because Adblock will kill it. Um, Lord Goof, thank you for the sub. And o OC Releaser, thank you for the Prime. I love Trojan co Condoms, thank you for the five months. And uh, I don't know if that's, that's Trojan trying to, to do a covert marketing campaign but feels batman one thank you as well merchant of soul 14 months and tom solomid is here tom solomid where are you calling from i'm calling from long island from long island for a second i thought you might have been tom shu trying to uh 
secret way your way in here, but you, you have a different voice. I feel like. I have hope you, so. Have you been on the show? Have you, have you been on the show before? Uh, I've been on two times before. Gotcha. Well, welcome back to the show. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, surprisingly, not Team Solo Mid. I'm going to talk about FlyQuest, specifically their best of five against C9. I think that FlyQuest is going to win because uh, Cloud9 slumped in the second half of the season. Plus, a lot of people are kind of forgetting this. Uh, a lot of FlyQuest losses this split were with MASH over Wild Turtle, specifically four out of the six. And um, if Wild Turtle played those games, I could definitely see a world where FlyQuest finished like... If they get like three out of those four uh, losses with Mash, they're tied for first with Team Liquid. Then they go to a tiebreaker. But that's like obviously uh, hindsight. But like I still think that right now FlyQuest is better than Cloud9. So you you do know that the the losses still had Turtle in them, both of them to C9. Uh, I did not know that actually. Oh yeah. So they, well, they're hey, caller, it was great having you on. United. Oh damn, my bad. <laughs> so I mean, the thing is, I'm I think, uh, the point still stands a lot about the slumping and whatnot. Um, and I think you can say that the first time they lost with Turtle, it was during that time where Turtle wasn't playing as well, um, and that's partially why he got benched. So I actually don't. I don't read into the first loss too much um, to, to kind of exonerate you a little bit. The second one is a little bit more concerning, but you can still say they are maybe ramping up or it was a draft problem or whatnot. Um, you know, I don't think that there is something inherently wrong with FlyQuest style for why they, they're a terrible matchup into C9. I, I mean, I'm just going to kind of reiterate, like I, I know we talked about MASH and I, your point is, but I do feel like, and Turtle has even said this, that MASH coming in helped make Turtle better in the second half. So, Right, so but that's what I'm saying. You can kind of not excuse the first one, but realize yeah. that MASH or Turtle wasn't playing as well back then, and they're, they're better now. Also, to go on the point of like uh, FlyQuest getting 0-2'd by um, Cloud9 in the regular season... That was like right, like the week before Cloud Nine started their big slump. Am I right in saying that or no? I think it was they lost one game to uh, Hundred Thieves. It was their first loss. I think they went one and one that weekend. Then they went one and one again the FlyQuest weekend, and then I think they went zero two for the first time in two years or something. So it was a it was a slow. It wasn't like they instantly started sucking. It was like they're experimenting a little bit more with Senna and uh, Wukong and whatnot before that happened. Um, it's, but yeah, it's, I do, a tough, it's a tough call because the premise was was slightly off base. I mean, yeah. I'll give you some more things. I think one of the problems was uh, C nine players were talking about. I, I forget which one said it, but that like playing versus FlyQuest was easy because they didn't, they didn't experiment with draft. And that's one of the things I didn't love about Solo was for a period of time he played like two or three champs. It was like set Orn, and that was it. And maybe he played one other. I don't remember. Um, and I do think that they were pretty formulaic uh, with their drafts. And now they're doing a lot more. Uh, I, I think I like the fact that they played. Um, oh god, I'm blanking. Swain and Kogma. I like the Graga support. I think that they're trying new things. Yeah, Sven or uh, excuse me, Santorin still doesn't have the biggest champion pool, but he's kind of the rock for the team. And I, I think they will match up better now that C9 can't maybe prep as hard uh, if they have more tricks up their sleeve. Um, 
So I, I think that they they play they they actually have a decent combined kill per minute kind of average. They they generally uh, are active. They're just not super insane compared to like some of the more early game oriented teams like Fly or Golden Guardians and C9. I'm still a little concerned though with that EG game. I don't think EG was was playing insanely well for how much FlyQuest was struggling to to beat them. Yeah, I. Who do you think is going to win, Travis? Big in- intuition. The big intuition. Cloud nine. That wasn't very fun. You didn't even give any reason for your intuitions. Do you? Can you reason intuition? I just feel in the same way that this is like a. BLG given giving fans false hope thing. I think EG FlyQuest, Golden Guardians, they're all here to to add drama to what we know is inevitable. Death, yes. taxes, C9. C9, TL, TSM making worlds. I mean, I don't actually you think believe TSM is making it as well. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, I think there's a good chance they do. I, I I do think that either C9 or TSM won't. If if you actually ask me, like I do think we'll have somebody surprise in either Golden Guardians or or FlyQuest, probably not EG, but um, I I don't know. I just I find it so hard to ever bet against C9 or TL or TSM just because of yeah. how how strong these teams have been historically, and uh, and perhaps that's me putting too much like what narrative-based analysis together. I, I get that, but my God, things always end up looking like that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, I would, I kind of agree with you that TL feels like the biggest shoe-in for Worlds. I think they're the least likely to bust her out. Yeah. You know, like, okay, maybe Golden Guardians beats them, but it's hard to imagine them then losing the TSM as well. Well, especially because they're such a, they're a generally stable team these days, it feels like. I mean, they looked a little wonky halfway through the split, but like, they they don't seem very coin flippy. They seem very slow and steady. They seem like it's not like wow, TL just looked like dog crap that game. What happened? You know, like they're we, not we gonna have. We have one more caller for oh. TL versus okay. Golden Guardians where they actually talk about them. So we'll get into that. You baited me. More. You're like sorry. That was my bad. Yes, I I did lead us down this road. All right, as long as you can admit it, Tom Solomon. Sorry, there's not more to talk about. Um, yeah, was all good. But is there anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Uh, I'm just going to shout out my boy, Paul. I think he just joined the stream. So uh, thank you for having me on. I appreciate Dude, it. Have a good day, guys. Hang on. What's, what's Paul's story? Oh, Paul, uh, he is a big fan of LS. He watches his stream every day. All right. I'm big fanboy. Hates Black Cleaver. Hates Morello. Yeah, I was hoping that Paul was a big fan of... I'm a big fan of Triple Cleaver on the team. Oh, anyway, really yeah, that's the... That got my blood pumping, let me tell you. Thanks, Tom. That's Sullivan. the real shopkeeper stonks right there. Have a good day, guys. Thank you for the call. <laughs> off, off. Mark goes to grab our last caller. I'm playing with my cat, though. You normally by this point in time in the show, you're like, hey, it's after, it's after ten. I gotta go. The girlfriend needs me. She gives me a strict limit. I have to be gone. Off this throw. I have to be gone. Jerry Cat's here. Say you already pulled them. I didn't. I wasn't. You didn't give me a chance to simp out for the hype train. What's happening right now? The scam train. This hype train fucking sucks. It's not even gonna make it. Ninety-four percent of the way there, more like zero percent. No one wants to sub to this garbage stream. Derry is here. Derry, Paul, Paul, go take your sub and give it to LS. Derry, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Australia. From Australia, we're ending with an international caller. How exciting! 
<laughs> How's things Thanks. in Australia? Um, pretty good, pretty good. Um, things are mostly back to normal with COVID, but well, in unless you live in Victoria. But I've heard um, Melbourne is is getting bonkers. Melbourne's not too good, but um, I live in Queensland, so I don't okay. have to deal with that. Ah, Queensland, the land I, of the Queen. Have you been to Australia? Yes. As I, I really want to go back. I went there in 2014 <laughs> after the world's tour. I went to Bondi Beach, and I did not think it was that cool. Oh, I thought it was cool. I like Sydney. Okay. Reminds me a lot of San Diego's things. I'm from San Diego, so it's just they're, the only they're thing very, that very I know different was like a buy Cuban cigars. Otherwise, it just felt like America with funny accents. Anyway, <laughs> Derry, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, so my take was, I think that uh, Golden Guardians will beat TL this weekend, and I think it's because um, they have a much more proactive early game, and I think that's been TL's weakness. Um, and I also think they've, they've they've shown that they're very good at prepping with drafts. Um, and I think, given the the best of five format, um, I think. Uh, they'll have a better time prepping for just one team rather than two, as they had to in the regular season. Thanks, Mark. Ninety-four <laughs> percent. You, you're not even a sub, and you're asking other people to sub. Do you not even? I have, have no money. <laughs> Let me throw hundred bits at the past ten seconds. You know, you do have uh... a lot of money. It's all locked away in an invoice that you've. Been, I've. You. It's like six months long invoice. Anyway. So the other thing, Mark as we're lumping criticism on you for one, trying to kill my hype train two, not sending an invoice three, you just tried to sneak the golden guardian simp in for the fourth week in a row. <laughs> Why? Well, it's like, we can't go a show without, they're the new, you would think they're TSM for as much as we get their fans on the yeah, show. Fans are just as obnoxious, right? <laughs> I don't think Fucking golden guardians fans. Just... Anyway. Uh, oh man, there was, there was one take on the TSM subreddit this weekend that I I was looking at that was that was bonkers. Uh, I I wish I could remember it because I was oh it was about how we've never gotten a chance to see Bjergsen play at Worlds because all the mid laners, including Faker, who would lane against him, all become a second jungler because they're all too afraid to face him. It was, was an it amazing uploaded? take. Yes. Yes. All right. Can we talk about Gary? <laughs> thinks that Golden um, Guardians is going to beat TL. TL. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, broadly speaking, right? I feel I feel GGS actually play like a team, and I think that that team synergy has has been improving pretty consistently since Demonte was added to to the roster. In, in contrast, Team Liquid, I think. Um, I feel like watching them, it feels like they're winning through individual talent rather than coordinated team play, creative drafts or or creative macro. Like in, in the regular season, um, they often just, they quite often, I think, lose early game or, or barely or barely win early game. And they mostly win um, when, when the other team makes a giant mistake or core JJ pulls off some game-changing play or mechanic checks the other team and then they take over from there. Um, so I, th I think because of that, it leaves GGS a pretty good window, I think, to to prep for for that rather inactive early game, and I think that's that's a pretty good strength to have in a in a best of five. Fuck! I had such a good point when I cut Travis off like five minutes ago. And <laughs> I can't remember it. It was something that was going to build up Golden Guardians a little bit more, but then I was going to undercut it and still say Team Liquid. But I can't remember what the point was. Uh, that's what you get. Yeah, that's my B, dude. 
Um, in general, I think there are a lot of positives for. Oh, there you go. There's a lot of subs. Yeah. Uh, what? Troll. Troll. Troll old friend <laughs> just sent twenty subs. That's what it was. I was on a different. I was trying to find this TSM thing because people were saying I was being misleading. But thank you, troll old fun. Anyway, we're gonna stop uh, getting interrupted. At the end of the show. Let's just finish this baby out. Okay, I think Golden Guardians has a lot of great things going for them. Uh, I think that they should be able to push CL a little bit. But I kind of said it earlier. I'm concerned about their mid game still. I don't think that that problem is totally fixed up. And um, I think that they will struggle against TL, who are pretty consistent and are hard to get advantages against. Uh, there won't be that bot gap, I don't think. And I think come mid-game, TL will not be far enough up behind that they won't be able to come back and, and make some good team fights happen. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's hard because it feels as though, you know, the hype around Golden Guardians is mostly around their uh, bot lane, a little bit in the jungle, and, and people say good things about Demonte and Hunter, but, like, it's just hard to imagine them going up against, like, w for context, we saw Treats and Peter. Like, Peter had one of the worst performances in his career. It's hard to imagine that FBI and Huhi are going to get that same opportunity against Tactical and especially against Core JJ. I know I'm kind of reiterating what you were just saying about the podcast, but it's just, like, it's it's hard to imagine as many... Like, Golden Guardians really capitalized on a lot of opportunities they were able to get against TSM, and I just really don't see TL letting that opportunity come in. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know. I feel like TL, uh, TL just kind of, like, starves people out, right? Like, they're not... I don't know. I, 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 I don't think the they'll... Point. Where did it go? I don't think they'll get bot-gapped as much as um, Doublelift and, and Treats did, but I think um, TSM in that particular series had a very predictable draft, which is pretty unfortunate considering they had some, some of the more creative drafts in the regular season. But that's kind of reflective of TL because their, their drafts are pretty predictable, right? Like it, it seems that GGS um, prepped pretty well for a Caitlyn first pick. They prepped pretty well for a meta, uh, like a meta Zia. And I think that's kind of what um, TL has. So you has think Anero is just going to out big brain Jet? That's your take? I do. I do. Impossible. I mean, Jet, Jet seems to, I, I think even in an interview with you, Jet says, well, yes, I know. I, I, because he won't come on no? the show in the beginning. <laughs> I th I th well, I think Jet said, you know, yes, I think it might have been, a, might have been a, a show on the LCS interview, but he did say, yes, my, my drafts are predictable, but I think the safe way is if it's safe and it, it'll win, I don't see a reason to change. Yeah, I know people in chat are saying, wait, it's Kane. I get it, but I just it's fun to say chat. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I think part of the reason TL can stick with those picks is because they just win with them, right? And so, so I think that's part of the reason why they're predictable is because, yeah, they go with those picks, but it's sort yeah. of like if those are stable and they win and it just always works, like it's probably okay that they're predictable, right? Because they're still going to take it out. But it works because the other teams like did some pretty monstrous errors around like thirty-five minutes or something. Because that's that's. The I mean, earlier in the split, that's how it was. Yeah. But I don't feel like people were saying that about TL towards the end. Yeah, Pe Fair people enough. stopped saying, you know, around week week eight, maybe week seven. People stopped saying, "Wow, TL won that game because the other team lost it." You know. Oh, that's exactly what I was thinking. Actually, you're welcome, Mark. 
Um, it was about Team Liquid have actually cut off five minutes off their average win time in the back half of the split. They were at like 37. They're down to 32. It was something like that. It's, it's an insane actual improvement in their, in their win time. And even though their, their kills per minute haven't, haven't jumped a ton, their major lead and major deficits both went in, in better areas. So like uh, those mistakes that they were making that I think a lot of us associate with Team Liquid basically disappeared in, in the second half, um, which is one of the things I think working against Golden Guardians, despite all the, the good points for Golden Guardians. Do you think the fact that the... Patch you saying you were going to say something that was going to help Golden Guardians. That's probably why I couldn't remember it until you said this, because it wasn't that. Okay. I, I, was, I was misleading myself trying to an remember. Air, an arrow good. in the chat was like, yeah, yeah, finally, he remembered it. Wait, what? <laughs> it's just I got about, scammed. I said I thought it was going to undercut whatever my point was about Golden Guardians. I don't yeah. remember what it, it did undercut my point. Just not how I thought. I was, I was, gonna, I was hoping to get Mark or, or Travis's opinion. If given that... Um, you know, they, they have shown pretty samey, samey picks throughout the regular season. Do you think that the patch change will actually be a disadvantage for TL? Uh, potentially. Um, I think there's some stuff. And I mean, like, it increases so volatil volatility of the match. but It's it's like, yeah, you know, they played Akali. It was pretty sloppy. I, I wouldn't expect them to actually play Akali in, in the match or anything, but I don't I don't think the meta changed drastically. I think it opened up some some new options, uh, like Hecarim. People are saying it's busted. Huni did okay on it. I'm not sure. Like maybe there is this pick that's going to warp the series, but I don't think it's anything we've seen so far in this playoff. So, and maybe someone will find something new. Either way, thank you, Derry, for the call. Anything you want to say before we close out the show? Uh, no, uh, keep the good work and um, thanks to Alienware. Oh, shout out to my girlfriend Suikun who also watches your watches your content. Hey, and that's it. I'm really happy you thought of Alienware before you thought of your girlfriend. That is the priority <laughs> that I want all the callers to have when they call into the show. Either Can't way. pass up that discount. <laughs> yeah, all right, let's let's go. Thank you, Dan. Get out of here. For the call. Yep. See you, dude. All right, Mark. Has I, I put it off the long enough. Where his girlfriend is yanking the cable all right mark what do you either you want to shout out or plug uh no i already plugged your your youtube channel and uh, i'm excited to sh shoot another one tomorrow what do you want like afternoon early afternoon one o'clock yeah we'll figure it out later okay cool well yeah i'm just excited to do another one of those goodbye well yeah go go take a look mark and i did did a video which is quite fun other than that, uh, go watch my Portillo interview. It's really fun. Uh, he's the social media manager for Cloud9. I know people are going to be like, what is interviewing a social media manager? It's not like a caster or a pro. It, he has a really cool story about how Immortals literally fired him. He got sent back to Brazil. It talks a lot about the way that the Cloud9 social media channel works and the way that different Jack teams handle stuff. To get him back. It's, it's, it's really good. I, I highly recommend it, and I hope more people watch it because... You know, some sometimes, yeah, it's great whenever people watch my content because I'm like, oh, good. You know, more people are watching it. That'll make Alienware happy, and that's fun. Sometimes I just want people to watch it because I'm like, this is good content, and I hope people watch it. So it's on my YouTube channel. Go take a look. You can stick it on in the background because it's, it's pretty long. But uh, either way, that's it. Uh, go take a look at the book channel. Uh, got some more content coming. Mark's frantically waving his hands to get out of here. And uh, this has been Hotline League episode 136.